Welcome, everybody, to episode eight of the Big Ben and Friends podcast. I am your host, Big Ben Ortmans, and this week, I'm going to be introducing, interviewing uh, one of my buddies from the pro wrestling business, and when I say one of my buddies, I pretty much mean like the first real friend that I ever actually made in pro wrestling outside of my gym. He is... So this is going to be the weird part, is introducing this guy. Uh, (laughs) This guy has, like I said, he was the first real friend I, I, I really ever met in pro wrestling. He, when I got to the Maritimes, I was a, uh, I was very lucky to get to tour the Maritimes literally on my second match in, which was like three days after my first match. And, uh, and this guy here took a very, very dumb guy, a uh, dumb kid who hadn't quite learned all of his etiquette yet. And, uh, and basically took me in, man. And uh, I'm not sure why to this day he decided that he wanted to be my buddy, but he was. And uh, he, we got close real quick to the point where when I moved down there uh, a few months later after enjoying my, uh, my first stint, uh, I pretty much lived down the road from, from New Scott. And uh, on a week-to-week basis, I would head down to his apartment and uh and basically raid and live in his tape closet and uh (laughs) a lot of the wrestling that i've got to learn literally in that one year chunk mostly came from this dude's closet he's he's been a huge pioneer in the maritimes as far as just being an advocate goes newscott.com was the first really ever and i don't know if anybody's ever tried to duplicate has anybody ever tried to duplicate that for the maritimes no no, no, probably not, not. Not, not at all, really. It was the it was the first and only maritime wrestling news site. That's how I got to know about a lot of the guys down there. Uh, he started interviewing everybody from across the from across the Maritimes, from across Canada. Uh, I was the first ever New Scott interview that he ever did, you and were. did so about like two or three times. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. He's done more to help maritime wrestling than probably anybody in the last 25 years. Uh, I'd say he's probably just as influential in the Maritimes as your Leo Burks, your wow, your Duprees, everybody. Uh, because without New Scott, uh, there wouldn't none of you would know who the hell anybody is in that Maritimes today. Uh, those guys come from a lineage that. They, they, they came from New Scott video. Essentially, that's where they learned their history from. And uh, it's my pleasure to have one of my oldest friends, one of the most influential men in uh, maritime wrestling history as far as I'm concerned. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome my friend, New Scott. How are Jeez. you doing today, sir? I'm about to cry. That was probably the greatest introduction. Anyway, I don't, half of it's not true, but... Uh... Um, tell me, okay. Tell me what part. Go ahead. Anyone's ever given me. <laughs> tell me what part's not true, and I'll fucking debate you. The Leo Burke part. Okay, I said up there with Leo Burke <laughs> okay. because there are influential people in maritime wrestling. Like you've got your Leo Burks, like your your Dupree yeah. family, huge. Uh, obviously, like the the Cardinal Sinners, you know, with yeah. Bobby Roode, like those those three, you know, because I would throw him in there. You, you think oh, of yeah. maritime wrestling, and you think that there's like just certain people who have had a very very large influence on the business itself. You know, like those guys had a hand in like there's like Eddie Watts, huge hand in the wrestling down there. You know, um, but as far as getting 
the word out, getting people educated on maritime wrestling, making sure people had uh, footage to, to watch, you know, like you are the maritime wrestling library yeah. for crying out yeah. loud, you know, that's true. <laughs> you, and that's, that is true. Um, yeah. And that's why I have to say that you're as influential as you are. You know, I didn't even mention the, uh, the fact that, not only do you tape all these shows, but uh, you've been a promoter out there. You've hosted the Maritime Cup, uh, which the first one ever was won by Bobby Roode. So yeah. there is a, and, and to this day, and you got to keep in mind, uh, everybody, that when I first met New Scott, this was back in 2002. Two. Uh, April, I, 2002. April, uh, for mainstream wrestling. And the Totally Taylor Road Trip. Yes. Uh, Taylor Matheny. Uh, now Taylor Kendrick, yeah. uh, and this is how cool yeah. New Scott is. He literally still is friends with her to this day, and I don't think that she's ever been on social media yeah. ever. Uh, she's pretty much a unicorn if you ever tried Barely. to track her down otherwise. Um, but yeah. everybody's uh, anybody that's ever been associated with uh, the Maritimes who genuinely gives a shit about you know pro wrestling and uh, and the history. We we all we all love this guy, and um, I appreciate that, man. I really do. Well, it's true, you know. I, uh, I I've been trying to get good at my introductions, but then I realized that the best way to get good at introductions is just uh, be honest. And uh, oddly enough, you can kind of get to know people a lot better just by being honest. Because you know what, your resume isn't too bad, but <laughs> I appreciate that. I've tried. I've tried. It'll be eighteen years this fall since I started getting involved and literally all I've tried to do is just promote the wrestlers in the Maritimes to get more well-known. That was my, my, my goal when I started was to promote my friends, which I, I still do more than anyone else. But my goal was to get the Maritime wrestling scene noticed as far across the world as possible. And that was the only thing I've ever tried, tried to do was just, because we have so much, so many talented people here, and nobody knows we exist. We have a couple of guys that would blow. Like you could send them to Japan, and everyone would be like, "Holy fuck!" Like, yeah. but nobody knows the Maritimes exist, so nobody knows who they are. So my and goal was to always try to get these guys noticed as much as possible. And and you've done a phenomenal job with that. And we're going to get into all of that. Like, we're going to break a lot of stuff down. Um, like I was mentioning uh, to you before we hit the record button, I've typically got, like, a, a format and, like, a sheet of questions that I, I would typically ask my normal guests. But with you, I'm going to wing this one, man, just because uh, yeah. I've – well, if talking to you is super – You can't wing this one, you can't wing any of them. <laughs> Correct. Uh, first of all, talking to you is very easy. I've known you for a very long time. And uh, there's some really cool things that uh, I think that we're going to be able to break down and talk about. But before we get into any of that, uh, we're going to start by, I always have to ask, um, I like my buddies to be comfortable. So um, I've went and got myself, as I was explaining to you, I got myself one of my, uh, my final white claws out of my fridge because I may have went a little too hard in the paint on the weekend, and I've been kind of feeling it ever since just because I'm old and I don't drink now. So uh, I'm trying to get these out of the way so that way I don't have to look at them. So excuse me if I uh, get drunk. Get, trying not to. <laughs> but what do you got in your, uh, your cup today? What are you, what are you drinking? I got Gatorade G zero, no calories, no sugar, nothing. Man, going, going hard. Water and today. flavor, baby. That, that's Res all I ever drink, really. Hey, respect for that. Um, yeah. So, I have to ask because 
this is going to be an interesting question. Uh, well, for me, it's going to be an interesting answer, but I always start these interviews off by asking uh, because the whole point of these podcasts is to get to know my friends, hence the name Big Ben and Friends Podcast. So I always like to, uh, to get my guests' first memories of how we met and how we became friends. So I'm going to allow the, uh, the floor to you. And Well, the uh, first time we ever met, it was April 2002 um, in East Hants, I believe, at a, at a high school gym was the show on the Totally Taylor road trip. I remember you came down with a bunch of the Camp Martell guys. There was yeah. Jerry Martell, Quinson Valentino, uh, Wendy Martell, or no, she was Morgan Storm back then, right? Morgan yes. Storm. Yes. Um, I had Ash, to actually split. I had to think Ashley about that. Six. There was a girl named Bad Dolly. And there was a girl named Baby Doll. No, no, Bad Bad Dolly. Bad Dolly, yeah, yeah. And Flex Falcone. And there was another guy whose name I forget. Bigger guy. Uh, did Legacy make the trip? Oh, Legacy, too. I forgot about him. And there was still another guy. <laughs> oh, uh, the manager, uh, Mr. Iron yeah. E. Yes. yes, that's him. Okay. So that was the first time we ever met was at that show. Um, I, I don't remember who you wrestled or much about the show other than Taylor's part in it. But I remember meeting you guys. And it's funny, almost instantly, you, you group of guys weren't necessarily well liked because everyone thought that you guys had, a, had an attitude for coming down here not not for coming here but had an attitude while you were here um that because you only had one match some of you had no matches so you you thought you you thought that you knew so much more than you actually did but to be fair like steen and scott never had a ton of experience either at that point but they were like two years in Oh, I was, I was way out of my wheelhouse on a lot of stuff <laughs> down there. So yeah. I, I, I remember certain things where I'm just like, when I look back at it, I'm just like, they should have beat me up. When <laughs> they should have at least punched me one time. And I'm surprised. Yeah. They didn't. But sorry, go ahead. No, no. Um, <laughs> that's the, that's the first memory I have. I remember meeting you. I didn't, I mean, I saw what they were seeing, but I, you were 18 years old at the time. Like you always give, were you 18? Yes. 17. I, I always, 17. I was either, okay. I, was either, I'm like, I think I was either 16 or kid. 17. Okay. I'm like, he, he's basically a kid. He's, he's out of his home for like the first time on the road. He's, he's wrestling on a tour for the first time ever. Um, I, I, it's totally understandable that you don't get it. That like you're saying things when you probably should be silent. But that's how most people learn, right? You're not the only one. Like a ton of people come in and yap, 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 yap. And then they're like, shut the fuck up. And, <laughs> and that's how they learn, right? Yeah. But uh, that, that was my first time meeting you. Um, I generally don't, uh, I didn't, I was really good friends with Steen at the time. And Steen's the one that had like the biggest problem with you, right? But I was, uh, I was. Which trying- I still, can I be honest with you? I still yeah. don't really remember why he hated me so much but i remember him okay so 
I, I, so I think why me and him didn't get along as much as we didn't at the time was because he was probably correct for, for not liking me. Uh, but I also, my mic keeps doing the falling. I, I didn't notice it that time. Um, but I also didn't take a shit either. And I probably should have, but, uh, he didn't like the fact that I fought him back either I, you know this Absolutely. is all okay this is all yeah, yeah, flooding yeah. back to me That's okay 100% yes it. like you wouldn't just be like okay sir you're right you were like well this is the way it is in ontario and i did do that a One lot like, <laughs> yeah yeah oh my god so i can actually remember a specific story where the first night in i, I remember i wrestled uh some guy named chuck Mate? chuck matrix tricks matrix uh yeah chuck I, matrix and I remember that specifically because Ash, uh, Ashley Six uh, and I were very good friends at the time. Uh, and I remember him, he, for some reason, like he didn't have a match. So they just booked him to come out during my match. And yeah. he was doing such random, hilarious shit to me. Like he was going up to like different, like he, he went up to like some girl and like took her fucking lollipop out of her mouth and like was like stealing people's Cokes and like drinking it. And then like, it was just like, when you look back at it, it was like hilarious. He, he was popping me during the match. Uh, but I also remember uh, my brother was there and uh, because he was going to school out in uh, Acadia. I did not know so, that. So my brother came with a few of his football buddies and here I am trying to like impress my my brother, I'm trying to like impress my, my friends, like in the back. I'm like, there's like, and, uh, and I wasn't able to have a good match with that guy at all. Just, uh, I was well, very limited. I was very limited, <laughs> but he, I don't even think he was ever trained. No, that's what I was about to say. He, he definitely wasn't. But what I remember about that match was Ash could see that he was like, not trained and he was giving me a, a, an extra hard time that maybe I should have had in like my third or fourth match or my second match at the time. And, uh, Ash came in and gave him like a legit enziguri. Like you could see on the right. video, like you could see his head do one of those, like, like triple spins before he landed. Yeah. And I was like, Whoa, crazy. Second night in, I wrestled, uh, Scott Savage. What, yeah. the f what was his other name? Uh, Jeremiah delinquent JDL JDL that's right uh, he was JDL at the time and I just remember like we were going over something and uh, I corrected uh, a hold he was <laughs> like doing something and I'm like no 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 this is how you actually do it and that's what sticks out to me where I'm just like oh my god looking back on like if Scott wasn't like the nicest man on earth and like a man of God uh, he should have fucking drilled me because yeah because and realistically scott was the only one that was actually trained out of all of them that went to a real school he went to florida and was trained by uh, dory funk that's right dory jr so he he's the only one that probably knew a little bit of what he was talking about to be fair yeah, <laughs> yeah but you know and this is why um this is my that that first tour was such a really bittersweet experience for me, uh, especially looking back at it, because like it, it was sweet because I got experience. Uh, it got my foot in the door down there because, uh, you know, I, I, I essentially moved down there like wasn't too long after that. No, it's um, just a couple months. Yeah. Which which opened up other <clears throat> excuse me you know, which opened up other doors for me and then opened up other doors for me down the, like it, it, it's crazy how many doors that actually opened now that I think about it for me. Um, but 
man, like I, I look back at that stuff and just think to myself, like my, my trainers and with all due respect to them, uh, because like, I still keep in touch with, uh, with flex Falcone. I think I'm like the okay. only person in wrestling that keeps in touch with flex Falcone. Um, but, and, and I still t- keep in touch with Jerry Martel the odd time too. Um, yeah. But I will, I don't know what happened to Quentin Valentino, but I will tell you straight up that that man was the worst thing that ever happened to my professional wrestling career. It had nothing. Yeah, he to- didn't like me either for some reason. And I don't know. Well, I mean, I get why, but he never, ever got over it. Well, I want, I want to, ex- I want to explain why. Um, because my, and it wasn't just mine. It was the entire squads. That entire squads piss poor attitude came from him. It had nothing to do with Jerry Martel. Jerry Martel, back then to this day, probably the nicest human being you'll ever fucking meet in your life. Yeah. Will give you the shirt off of his back. And to be perfectly honest with you, he was actually a good trainer, man. Like Jerry Martel was a good wrestling trainer. Like he was. I would kind of put it's it's weird because uh, him and I always connected really well, and I will kind of put myself in like a similar category as him, where I don't think that we were th- as good of wrestlers as we could have and should have been, because we don't connect with the audience. It has nothing to do with our skill. We just never connected with the audience. Right. I have that ability to look back and be honest about it, you know. Um, but we're good wrestling trainers. And I'm not trying to put myself over, but that's kind of what he was. Is like he was, uh, like he he was good. And and Flex Falcone, amazing, like amazing, yeah. amazing. Like I learned so much about fitness, about life, um, and and he was more of the wrestler that I kind of took to style wise. But like, like him, him and Bill, like him and sorry Jerry, but like. Um, I, I, I just, I, I was friends with those guys and I'm still friends with those guys. You know, Quentin Valentino on the other hand was, I, I will always appreciate the fact that he picked me up and uh, gave me the rides and got me a foot in the door. But as a trainer, garbage, straight fucking garbage. Nobody will ever know the fucking bullshit that we had to go through from that guy. I don't mention him as a trainer for a reason. If people ask me who trained me, I always say I had a brief stint at Camp Martell, which yeah. if you want to look at it, Jerry Martell and Flex Falcone are the guys who trained me. Chi-Chi Cruz, I have those tapes. Camp Martell Championship Wrestling. <laughs> burn them, please. No, no, never, never. Uh, but, like, I, I, I'll, I'll, I refer to my trainers as, uh, as Chi-Chi Cruz and Vance Nevada. You know, because yeah. like those are the guys who really, really taught me what wrestling is and, and uh, notorious TID as well. You know, like he's been uh, as much as he is my like my co-partner, my best buddy, like my brother, like everything. You know, he's been a, uh, a coach for me the whole time because, you know, I you never stop learning. And he's, it's funny because all of those guys you've mentioned have all had long stints out in the Maritimes. Exactly. And this is why the Maritimes is so important to me, you know, and that's stuff that we'll eventually get into, but kind of tying back to, uh, to the story that we were just talking about, Quentin Valentino was, had the worst fucking attitude ever. Like everything was like, he basically taught, 
and, and, and this is where we kind of got lucky. The trainers at that time, because there was the three of them, there was the two girls, but let's be real, it was the three dudes. Um, they kind of each had their own favorite. Like I was, I was Jerry Martel's favorite. You know, I was his boy. Uh, Flex Falcone's cousin, I want to say, was by for a little bit. And he was Flex's project um, until his cousin quit. And then clearly I became his project. And I was like a <laughs> joint project of the two. Um, right. But Fle- or Quinton Valentino's project was, uh, was Jim Legacy. Uh, he taught him how to be a fucking asshole. Like he, every, every, like as far as etiquette goes, like he taught him basically how to be a piece of shit. Yeah. And, and as I'm looking at all this stuff, I'm like, oh, he's the dominant male in this uh, like trainer sh- coach relationship. So I have to be like that guy. And he demeaned us. Like he would demean everybody. Like he would go out and like stiff people on purpose. Like he just had the worst fucking attitude. And to the point where like when new trainees would come in, he would impose on like the, the guys who had been around a while, like myself and Jim uh to be hard on the new people coming in like he basically wanted us to be mini quincy valentinos so in a weird way that's kind of what we were for like the first little while until i would say that i moved down to the maritimes and then once Sounds i moved like down, he watched the first season of tough enough and wanted to be taz <laughs> he took that shit to heart and you know what's funny that was right at the exact time that that was going was. on be- yeah i know Wow. That actually makes a lot of sense, but you're, but you're not wrong. Um, wow. That might've been it actually, but he certainly that season ended right before you guys came out. Cause that's why Taylor came here. Yeah. And I remember even going to WrestleMania, uh, because it was in Toronto and, uh, and I got that tape too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, do you really? Yeah. Oh my God. Ultimate warrior with Michael Cole. Can you please put that up on YouTube? I'll try. Yeah. <laughs> okay. For anybody. Okay. So I want to preface this by the way. So uh, I went to uh, the access at WrestleMania that year. And um, I went with a, a friend who I'll just remain shall remain nameless. Uh, but me and a buddy of mine went and there was this option to do uh, commentary and uh, it was either coach or uh, Michael Cole. Michael Cole. So I, I got Michael Cole. And the funny thing is, is the one memory that sticks out is I remember asking him and the, and the best part is, is they just started recording at that point and it's on the tape. I asked Michael Cole if he could refer to me as Sean Morgan, because that was my wrestling name. Yeah. And he's like, I I think he even says, he's like, I don't give a shit. I'll call you whatever the fuck you want, kid. Like, Like he was just baffled, but yeah, I actually called, uh, the highlights, it was probably like a four minute highlight reel of ultimate warrior versus Hulk Hogan with, uh, with Michael Cole. And they ended yeah. up giving me a fucking VHS tape and, uh, new Scott probably has all of the VHS tapes that I owned as a kid. Do you? I do. Oh yeah. I have, well, there was a box at Jerry's place after you left and he gave me the box. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. That's how I got the Camp Martell stuff. That's how I got the Warrior stuff. I don't remember what else is in it, but those are the two things I remember the most. Bro, you have my you have my childhood collection of like <laughs> VHS tapes. Holy shit! I always wondered what happened to that. 
Like legit. Oh, yeah. I was actually wondering what happened to that about a week ago. I am so happy that you have that stuff. Uh, sort of. Because <laughs> there's some, yeah, there's some tapes in there that I'd rather not get put out there. Uh, those can't martell. Oh, so here's why I cringe thinking about that. Because when we did uh, an interview for your thing on, uh, it was like a year or two ago. Yeah. I remember we did something over Skype, I think it was. And when I yep. went back and watched the interview, we were talking about some of the matches that I did and you had actually taken old clips and put them in. And all I kept thinking was like, who the fuck let me in a ring at that point in time? <laughs> like I was yeah. not ready. Like I, it, it's crazy to look back as a coach. I'm just like, Ugh, like my footwork was garbage. Like my, 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 mechanics were garbage like who fucking let me do this like I, and who booked me like it was garbage just garbage uh the young kids today have no idea how good they have it like as far as oh, training man, and expectations unreal. man unreal. like because when you go back and look at like again like i'm only 35 years old ladies and gentlemen like i'm not that old and when i first started Christ, the expectations were clearly low because uh, they let me do this. <laughs> yeah. Like, ugh, just garbage. Um, so I, I, the next, I, I guess like one thing I kind of want to get into is because that's all, that's all funny to me. And, and I'm kind of glad that, you know, that, that validated what my thoughts were. Cause I was positive. I, I, I knew I had a ton of heat and stuff like that. And you kind of, Oh, heard so much, it. man. So much. Even when you came back a few years later, the couple of the guys that were still around were still like, Oh, he's coming back. Like, but, but, but by that time we were really good friends. So I'm like, no, no, no. He, he's a good dude. Just give him a chance. He's changed. He's well, not that, a kid anymore. <laughs> well, that was what I was going to ask. It was just like, what? Yeah. I mean, that that's part of the, like, how the hell did we become friends thing? Because, like, what made you even decide to kind of, like, stick by me? Because, like, you were a very, like, you were vocal for me. Like, you stuck up for yeah. me. And, and uh, yeah. like, that's that's why I will, like, love you to death, man, is, like, uh, <laughs> because, like, you were there for me when you had – no fucking reason to, you know? Uh, so I've always been curious about that. And I guess it's kind of cool that I get to actually finally ask you after all these years on my podcast, uh, why did the hell did you take a chance on me? Well, it's, um, I don't know if I'd classify it as taking a chance. I didn't genuinely dislike you like the other people did. I, uh, I just saw a kid uh, that wanted to become a wrestler or that was, was becoming a wrestler that uh i liked i liked talking uh, attitude aside i liked talking wrestling with you and i never you never really gave me that attitude because i wasn't a wrestler i wasn't trying to teach you how to wrestle or show you how to do things so our relationship was a little different than say the one you had with steen or scott where they were just wrestling oriented and didn't want to be corrected if we were talking about a match from wwe or whatever we, we just talked about it fine and then you lived, moved down the street with Jerry Martel. So you were really close. So I would just invite you over. We would play GameCube. You would take tapes from the closet. Um, I remember I we giggled really because you lived in apartment 420. Yeah, yeah. And that I was like know. RVD. We weren't even potheads <laughs> at the time. We were just like, RVD. Yeah, it's fucking sweet. We're marked. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and that's all it was. I just saw the other side of you. And I think... 
I, st I may have like talked to you about the attitude about like, just listen, even if they're wrong at this point, it's not your place to speak. Cause if you're doing it to like Steen or Scott, that's one thing, but you eventually got around like cowboy Mike Hughes. And if yeah. you were to correct him, you would have been sent packing and never brought back. Right. So I was he just might trying have been the he might have been the punch in the face that I needed, but I'm glad that I did yeah, because I, I still so, I'm still friends with Mike to this day. Yeah, Mike's the best. Um, I wouldn't be around here if 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 it wasn't for Mike. Oh, we're we're, but, we're gonna uh, get into we're gonna get into that story because I was there for that confrontation when that all went down with Peter. Yeah. Yes. 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 Um. Um. But yeah, I didn't really. Uh, we had a different relationship. And I didn't really have to deal with that attitude. I just saw it. I liked you. And I, I wanted to uh, correct it. And uh, over time, I, I, I think it happened. And we just had a lot of fun together. You moved down the road. You worked for like half a day at the Irving with my ex-girlfriend at the time. <laughs> that's right. I, and then you just never came back. That's um, prob that, sounds, that sounds correct. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we just had, we just had a different relationship. I think I didn't, uh, I thought you were about to bring up, I thought you were about to bring up the like, Dairy I Queen story. I, I was totally going to bring up the Dairy Queen story. <laughs> I, I, I was waiting to the end though. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Keep going. Yeah. But, uh, I didn't really, uh, we just got along. You lived close to me. So I was like, well, let's just hang out. And we just became friends. So then I was started going to like Steen and Scott. I'm like, he's not a bad guy. He's, he's just a kid with an attitude. And, you know, when he grows up, it will eventually change. And, and it did for sure. I, uh, I genuinely appreciate that because uh, it's funny because I was actually thinking about this like over the last couple of days just because uh, I, I contacted you last week. You all right? You fall down? Yeah, I fell down. <laughs> Hilarious. Sorry. Um, no, that's all good, man. Um, I, uh, I contacted you last week about doing this. So, like, I kind of had a little bit of time just to, to think about, you know, just – our time together and like just, you know, different, you know, aspects of our friendship and, uh, and whatnot. And I, I I've just, I've always, I've always been, uh, been appreciative. Jericho, the wonder dog. Yeah. She's famous. <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah. but no, I, I, I've just, I've always been, uh, appreciative of that fact. Like, because I, I, I know that, I know that you definitely went to bat for me when you didn't need to. Um, so, yeah. so I, I appreciate the fact that like you, you took that chance because you, you did, you, you, you took a chance on me and you, you were kind of trying to convince everybody that I wasn't, you know, such a, a bad guy, or at least that my intentions weren't that bad. But again, kind of tying back to thinking about the last few days, like I, I remember specifically, there was one thing that sticks out in my mind that, that one of those things, when I look back at it, I'm just like, Oh, like I, I was just getting bad advice across the board. Like, because again, like I was just explaining how much I love Jerry Martel, but when we did that first new Scott interview uh, for it, it was a typed out, like you sent me like yeah. this questionnaire thing. And then at the mm -hmm. end of it, uh, sort of like how we're going to end this, like you, like you, there's like a rapid fire questions, but yours was just with names. And yep. I just remember there was this guy named uh scott i think i, I want to say scott phoenix was he a oh, guy yeah, yeah. Okay. oh yeah i yeah. apologize scott phoenix by the way um i wanted to remember your name i just wasn't 100 percent sure 
I remember his name got brought up in the rapid fire, like questions or whatever. And I remember I was living with Jerry Martell at the time. And specifically I was on his computer and I was typing all of my answers out and I didn't know what to say about Scott Phoenix. Cause I'm just like, I don't, I don't know. I don't really remember. Like I, I, I didn't, I didn't have a, a good enough impression to, to kind of be able to say anything. Like he was just, he did his thing in the locker room for the, the week that I got to be in a locker room with him. And I did, we did ours. Like it was just, it, it was what it was. So I looked over at Jerry. I remember looking specifically to my left and I'm like, is it weird to just say that he like rubbed me the wrong way? He's just like, if that's how you feel, just put that that way. Not even realizing what that actually meant. As right. stupid as that sounds. I was just like, he, Scott rubbed me the wrong way. <laughs> Next thing I know, I'm like, I'm getting a shit ton of heat from the boys down there. And I'm like, oh, I guess I can kind of want Why did I write that? Like, why? <laughs> and, and why did he tell me that that was okay? Like, yeah. because if any of my students ever asked me, like, hey, do you think it'd be a good idea to talk shit about? No, I don't know. Never. It's not a good idea to do that unless you do it to their face and there's something that you plan on doing about it as a man. You know what I mean? But like, I would right. never recommend that. Like, and <laughs> horrible fucking advice. So I was just getting it all across the board. And again, I love Jerry, but he yeah. gave me real bad advice. And that led to a lot of like issues and stuff like that. And like, I, uh, the, the fact that you were able to, to kind of see past that, Definitely, definitely appreciate that um, because we ended up doing a lot of car rides together. Like you, me, like I was kind of part of that first OG team new Scott. And uh, oh, yeah, for, sure. f- for anybody that doesn't know what team new Scott was, was like, it's, it's still a thing to this day. Yeah. It's look at this hat, baby. Uh, yeah. I've got it. I've got a toque. I've got my shirt. It's like the members club. Uh, y- you got to have one, but like uh, you know, even, even the young maritime kids are like new Scott, Team New Scott proud, you know? They all got their hats. Yeah. They all got their gear. Kind of genuinely wonder if they even know where what the fuck it even means. But um, New Scott kind of just took, like, this weird cast of crew. And uh, it was myself, um, Scott Savage, JDL, yeah. uh, as we were referring to before, Lincoln Steen, and uh, Sarah. I, yeah. I want to say that was, like, the, the first group. Uh, yeah, Sarah Stock. Was, there was the, but before we met, there was the original three. There was uh, me, Scott Savage, and and Lincoln Steen, and then Sarah joined, and then you joined. So that's kind of like the first five. Yeah. Right. Um, so we we kind of rode quite a bit together. Um, yeah. Which was hilarious because I lived with Jerry Martell, but I would ride with <laughs> I'd ride yeah. with you guys. <laughs> um. But I, one, one memory that, that sticks out that I know that you were there for, um, and, and in a weird way, I hate telling the story because it's very self-serving, but I mean, it is what it is. Um, I, when I first moved down there, we became buds pretty quickly. And yep. then I ended up moving, or I ended up doing a couple of mainstream wrestling shows. And I want to say it was like the first weekend of uh, mainstream wrestling shows that I did. Vance Nevada, who was wrestling for Real Action Wrestling at the time. And Real Action Wrestling, for anybody who doesn't know watching this, was a legitimate full-time, like it was the, it was the last territory before yeah. it, 100%. Um, because they were legitimately running full-time in the Maritimes. Like it, they, the, everybody there had... 
seven days a week. Everybody had deals, uh, like contract, like contract deals. Like it, it was a thing. Uh, so when I first started, that was my goal was to, to wrestle for real action wrestling. And to me, anybody that wrestled for real action wrestling may have well as been a biggest star, like as the WWE guys, you know, like, yeah. like WWE, WCW, real action or ECW, real action wrestling. It's, yeah. to, that was how I, how I viewed it. So like guys like Gary Williams and, and Kingman and, uh, and Mike Hughes and, you know, Bobby Roode. And those guys were real stars to me before I even yeah. knew who they really were. And, yeah. and, and Chi-Chi Cruz. Oh, I fucking forgot Chi-Chi Cruz. Um, Chi-Chi Cruz, Eddie Watts. And these are all like, they're, they're like things that you envision that you just don't think are real in, in this weird yeah. way, because the internet was just kind of starting to be a thing around that time. So, um, when I first got down there, having Vance Nevada in a mainstream wrestling locker room was A, taboo, B, uh, I'm pretty sure against his contract, uh, and C, nobody gave a fuck because nobody was getting paid at Real Action Wrestling at the time, and Vance was just there to, to make some money. I didn't really know the details of the not getting paid part, but we're going to get into that. He but, got so much heat for that, so much heat. Oh, my God, which led to the best fucking promo ever – um so anyway he he winds up in this locker room and he they were asking like do you want to wear a mask to so that way nobody sees who you are but that weekend we were at a fair and i shit you not um i ended up wrestling vance nevada even after uh the promoter was like hell bent on me not wrestling him but because yeah. i would ask i'd ask Devin, i was like hey man can i please wrestle vance can i please wrestle vance can i please wrestle vance like there's we've got like three shows to do today give me vance nevada i want to wrestle him i want to see where i'm at no 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 you're not ready you're not ready and that's when it kept like i'm like okay these guys are on another not level ready. these that's real action the wrestling guys be wrestling vance that's 100%. the time you should be wrestling vance is when you're a rookie to learn from him not ready that's horseshit so when he told me that I wasn't ready, I was just like, well, then fuck it. I'm going to go and pick his brain and I'm going to get everything out of Vance Nevada that I can. So I went and moved my bags right beside him. I'm like, sorry if this bothers you, man, but like, I'm not allowed to wrestle you. Uh, so I'm going to just sit here and get as much out of it as I can. And he's just like, what do you mean? You're not allowed to wrestle me. And I was like, yeah, I asked, I asked a promoter that I, I really want to wrestle you, but you're a real action wrestling guy. That's where I want to be. So if that's where I want to be, I want to wrestle the guys that are there. I want to see where I'm at. I want to make sure that I'm good enough. I want to, I want to be there. I want to, I want to be wrestling you on a nightly basis. So he just stands up. Hey, Devin. Yeah. I'm wrestling this guy. Ben, right? Yep. I'm wrestling Ben, Sean Morgan. <laughs> Wait, why? Well, he's the only one in this fucking locker room that had the audacity and decency to come up and ask if he could wrestle me. So I want to wrestle him. And as soon as he said that, I'm like, oh, my God, I learned the trick. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> so he had no other choice but to say yes because he's calling him out in the locker room, and he's Vance fucking yeah. Nevada. You know what I mean? So I went out and wrestled the Vance, uh, Vance Nevada in front of uh, two kids, their mother, and a dog. Mm -hmm. I will never forget that. So yeah. we got out there and I'm like, what do we do? He's like, I'm going to try to teach you how to wrestle. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we would just like, he called the whole thing and he would, he, I remember distinctly, he had me in like this leg lock where he was standing up and he's like, okay, okay. Sell, sell, sell. And I'm like, okay. So I'm selling, selling. He's like, okay. So reverse this. And I'm like, 
can I be honest with you, sir? I don't know how. I'm sorry. And he's like, oh, no problem, kid. I got you. And he explains to me, like, like he's like, okay, take your foot, hit me in the chest, boom. And he's like, and just, when you kick me, kick me hard because I need you to follow through, okay? And I'm like, okay. So I kicked him hard and I followed through. And next thing I know, I'm on my feet and I've got his leg. And I'm like, what now? <laughs> he's, like, he's like, you've got the same hold, dummy. Sell it. And I'm like, holy shit, I do. <laughs> so like he, i just i learned so much like just wrestling him and then when we got yeah. to the back he's just like what are you doing on fucking whatever day it, this is and i'm like nothing and he's just like do you want to come to the real action wrestling tapings and and, and wrestle me i need an opponent and i'm like fuck yeah can i bring my trainer realizing now that that was a stupid ass thing to say because asking to bring anybody's like silly once you're getting the job that you want and you're getting the opportunity that you want, you have to take care of yourself. But then it also, yeah. I, I still think to this day, that was what caused a, this weird uh, kink in the relationship with me and, and Jerry Martell, because I got asked to go to real action wrestling first before he yeah. did. And yeah. I asked to bring him with me. And I think that that was a slight blow at his ego that I would oddly enough understand. Um, if I was like, if like say the WWE had did the same, if like yeah. all of a sudden, and, and I would be super proud of my guys, but like there, there would be that slight, like, Oh, I got in because they wanted all oh, they're looking at him. Yeah. Fuck. Okay. Um, so then I got there that day and it ended up being the last real action wrestling show ever. Yeah. But for some reason, and again, like I'm assuming that it's gotta be, the reason that you kind of did the same thing. But I remember walking up specifically, I was trying to introduce myself to everybody. I was scared shitless. Cause this was at the Halifax forum. Uh, there's production. I've, I've never been in a show where there's production before. And like, it was a big crowd that night too. There's like 600 people there. Yeah. And uh, so I'm trying, I'm nervously like walking up to people trying to introduce myself. I remember specifically going up to Bobby Roode and his, and Bobby was, Bobby was like leaning up against the ring and, I didn't know, again, I didn't know what was going on politically behind the scenes with the pay, everybody getting fucked over or whatever, but he's just sitting there on the ring and I walked over to like, I think his right side and I tapped him and I'm like, uh, excuse me, Mr. Root, how are you doing? I I'm Ben, nice to meet you. And I just remember he just. <laughs> That's funny. And then didn't even acknowledge me and then just went back to just whatever he was doing. And I'm like. <laughs> So, so, so Mike Hughes, uh, Gary Williams, and Duke McIsaac see this yeah. go down. <laughs> Mike comes over and grabs me by my collar, and he's just like, hey, man, uh, don't worry about Bobby right now. Just come hang out with us, okay? And I was just like, with, like, you and – okay. And uh, next thing I know – Eddie Watts came up to me, gave me, uh, he's like, go into the ring, uh, show me a spot with, uh, with your trainer. So I show him a spot. Um, he's like, okay, I want you guys to do that tonight. And then uh, Vance Nevada is going to come down and then beat you guys up. And then he's going to cut a promo. And I'm like, okay, wait, what the fuck did you just say? Like in a match? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to wrestle tonight. And I'm like, <laughs> I got my tryout. I remember you – this was the early days of text messaging. I remember you texting me saying, 
I've got a huge surprise for you tonight. And then when your music hit, you're, I'm a star, soup, soup, superstar. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> so yeah. it was nuts because I specifically like remember getting a reaction because people knew who I was because I was doing the yeah. mainstream wrestling stuff at the time blew my fucking mind like here i am like at real action wrestling in the halifax forum which is like the madison square garden of maritime wrestling if anybody doesn't yeah. understand this uh mm -hmm. and i'm getting a pop i'm like oh my god like what is going on like this is crazy so we do our spot vance nevada comes down beats our ass and this was the first time in wrestling i had ever like broke character because vance's promo he's he went hard in the fucking paint on the office that night. Like he was, he, he, that was the first time I'd ever really kind of uh, been introduced to a real shoot promo, like in front yeah. of an audience. Cause he went hard and like, I'm laughing my balls off, but like trying to sell. And then I remember getting to the back and I remember, was it Brian Marchant? Uh, Brian and, Marchant and, and Warren, Warren Olson. Warren Olson. Olson. Yeah. Pulled me aside. They were just like, you did a great job tonight. Eddie Watts came up to me. You did a great job tonight. Chi-Chi Cruz came up to me. You did a great job tonight. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, this is amazing. And uh, I get a call the next day from, uh, from Brian. And he offers me uh, a deal for $300, for $300 a week. He's like, um, He's like, your, your travel will be paid for. I'm going to pay you uh, 300 a week to start. But uh, I like what I saw, and I think that you got a lot of uh, potential. He's like, I just want you to, to really make sure that you focus on getting in the gym um, because we go hard. And I was just like, yep. yes, sir. And he's just like, we're going to start up again in about two to three weeks. Um, so I will keep in touch, and uh, congratulations. You're on the team. That's a – no, that's awesome. Too bad it didn't go anywhere. I made it. And then, yeah, two days later, they, they folded. Uh, yeah. So that really hurt. Um, Do you remember the story? You're talking about Vance's promo that night. Yeah. Do you remember? You weren't there. But do you remember what or ever hear of what he did on the show before that one when he wrestled under the mask? Where he, where he, he brought crayons to the ring and drew a house on the canvas? And then said, nobody can say that Vance Nevada never drew a house in the Maritimes. <laughs> I think he might have told me about that. Yeah. He, my favorite Vance Nevada promo that I've never actually seen or heard, I've just heard the legend of, because uh, Vance yeah. told me about it, but I've heard, like, it's been confirmed that it, it happened, <laughs> um, was in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia. And... Uh, Vance came out and he was just done at this point with, uh, with real action wrestling. He didn't care whether he got the heat or not. And, yeah. uh, and Vance was doing this gimmick, uh, like a Mr. Beefy goodness. So he was kind of like this, like older sleazy, like if people could really envision it, imagine like an older Joey, like an older dad bod, Joey Ryan meets Val Venus. Yeah. But less. Right? Less attitude era. He he was more PG. Old school as fuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he came out and he his promo went something along the lines of, you know, everybody knows that the ladies absolutely love when Vance Nevada comes 
in your mouth. All right, so maybe he wasn't PG. Ooh, <laughs> not that night. Uh, <laughs> did you ever hear that? Or, do you have that footage? I, because I would love I to don't, see that. I, I don't. That's the first time I ever heard that one. Oh, man, he told me about that a couple of times. And that's I, crazy died i was just like is that actually yeah. happened but yeah steen was there he he confirmed it there was a few people that confirmed that but That's the fine. cool thing was is that that opened the doors again like getting to wrestle vance that night opened the door to real action wrestling that rest like again that uh then opened the door to me going out to east coast championship wrestling to wrestle in uh, the west coast because vance offered me a place to stay on his couch so yeah. i went out there and wrestled in vancouver for uh, like three or four months, I want to say, and yeah. had and had some of the most fun, best matches, made friends for life out there, uh, and which also opened up doors to a few months later, where I ended up getting to do the uh, the Hell Tour with Tony Candelo. Yeah. So and you you also worked for Mike before you left here too in PEI. Yeah, I did. Uh, Mike, you had, managed, it's the night you like broke your ankle or whatever. That's right. My ankle shot right through my boot, actually, and yeah. I never and I never actually ended up getting it. Went to a hospital and then never got it fixed. Uh, it's yeah, that was a that was a weird night because um, I remember that's what, because Mike did that spot show in Prince Edward Island uh, yeah. a little after Real Action Wrestling died. I want to say it was in November. Real Action stopped in July, and he ran that show in November. So I remember when Mike contacted me. Again, it was one of those, like, he he, mess, he asked me, he's like, hey, man, you want to do this? And I'm like, yeah, I would fucking love to. He's like, because clearly those guys saw potential in me. And, and, and I think that this has kind of been like the story of my career, that people saw that I had the work ethic. I genuinely, genuinely loved the business. I really wanted it, but I was so misguided. Yeah. So and misguided. A, and a lot of people, even to this day, well, back then, would message me and be like, because they know I'm, I'm friends with most of these guys outside of it, and Mike or whoever would message me and be like, what's Ben like, or, or what's this new guy like? And if they were good, I'd be like, they're good. So when people would ask me about you, that, that's what I would say. I would like, he's good, he, he wants to learn, was, was basically my uh, thing to everybody. I'm like, he's green for sure, but he wants to learn and he will uh, listen to you, because at that point, you'd listen. <laughs> Well, yeah, especially yeah. Um, especially at that time, because I think that like once I moved down to the Maritimes, it was kind of when my attitude started to change just because yeah. I realized that like, okay, I, I, I got I got what I wanted. And like, I, I've got these people that are willing to help me. And I think I'm getting old enough now that I can start to see that like, yeah, you did some dumb kid stuff. And I still did. <laughs> and I still do. Yeah. Um, but that's what, that's. That's the process of growing, I guess, right? But, yeah. um, but they definitely, for some reason, saw something in me because I remember Mike was just like, hey, I, I can't pay you much. I can pay you this. And when he said that to me, I'm like trying to play it off. I'm like, mm, you know what? That's fine. I'll take it just because of the <laughs> learning experience. It was the yeah. highest fucking payday I'd ever gotten in my life up until that fucking point. Because yeah. those and, guys. And you were a big kid. We didn't have a lot of big guys. We still don't. Um, you're, you're what, like six, two. Yeah. Six, two. And at the time I was probably like two forty. Yeah. Uh, so you, you were a bigger guy than what we usually have. I mean, like Scott was in great shape, but he was like five ten. You know what I mean? There was no, like, there was, wasn't a lot of big guys. So that definitely helped you as well. That and, um, 
I was a bigger guy that could move like a smaller guy. I've always yeah. kind of had that that thing to me, like where I've actually been able to to move pretty well for my size. Yeah. Um, I th- that probably was a mix because, man, like it, looking back at it, like it it bums me out that. I was I, I was I was this close to getting like the the education that I always wanted. Like, had that gone another year, or like had it maybe I'd been down like an, a year previously, or like just the timing of everything, man. Like because the crew that yeah. was the crew that was there still, because um, people don't understand how talented that fucking real action wrestling crew really was. It was like, so, dude, most of those guys could have showed up on TV at that time and not looked out of place. Like, tell me in 2002 that Bobby Roode could, was on WWE TV occasionally at the time. Tell me he couldn't have showed up and looked good. Uh, Cowboy Mike Hughes was amazing. His promo skills at the time, well, still, are out of this world. Plus, he can wrestle. Brody Steele is a fucking giant. Um, he could have done it. Um, Gary Williams, amazing. Chichi Cruz, amazing. All of those guys could have showed up on television and not looked out of place. Chichi Cruz, in my opinion is the sad story like not is, for his life but that he never made it because he the, came in with jericho he came in with lance storm i i have the tapes how he never got the break with those guys is beyond me because he's just as good he is literally the most talented wrestler in my opinion ever that never got to to be on that main stage yeah he's definitely up there he's definitely up there when when uh and this is another reason why I'm super grateful for the opportunity that it opened up for the, uh, for the Northern hell tour with, uh, with Vance Nevada that we were just discussing, because when, when Vance called me, he called me, I, I remember specifically, he called me on my cell phone. I was in an internet cafe in Hamilton where I was living at the time because I was a broke ass wrestler, man. And internet uh, cafes. <laughs> yep. calls me. He's like, what are you doing? I like, I'm at an internet cafe, man. I'm just, killing time what are you doing nothing i got a question for you okay can you get to winnipeg by the night <laughs> i don't know let me look weird thing is i didn't even like question i'm like like what the fuck why would you ask me that i was just like i don't know yeah. let me look i'm at why, a computer <laughs> i'm at a computer like i guess i can look up like flights and see if like it's possible i'm like he's probably asking me for a reason and i'm like um well turns out that i can't get there tonight but i can get there first thing in the morning why do you ask vance do you want to do you want to do the northern hell tour with tony candelo like the one that like jericho edge like all the 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 one that makes you like an actual legit canadian yeah yeah yep yes i do He's like, okay, cool. Go get your shit ready and uh, and get that flight and just get down there. They'll 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 worry about the money. They'll worry about the just get that fl- just pay for the flight. Just get down there. And I'm like, yes, sir, yes, sir. sir, yes, sir. And I'm like, but hang on a second. Who the fuck is doing this tour? He's like, Chichi Cruz is on the tour. And I'm like, yeah. I'll get to wrestle Chichi Cruz. He's like, maybe if you play your cards right. He's like, I'll ask the uh, Candelo if you can. And I'm like. Please ask Candelo if you can. That's like why I'm doing this. I will put down like every last dollar I've got right now if I can wrestle Chi-Chi Cruz on this tour. It's like, just get that fuck down there. So I got the fuck down there. And uh, my buddy, our buddy, Chiefs, was down there already. That's the one she did too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chiefs did it. And uh, she came and picked me up from the airport with uh, another friend of ours, Ashley. Uh, She's from Portland. 
Uh, I can't remember what a wrestling Avalon. That's what it was. Um, so they picked me up from the airport. Oh, they bring oh right. Me, I forgot about her. Yeah, yeah. They bring me to this the to the hotel where like they had me crash and like all the the foreigners crash and whatever. And then uh, like when we were in town. So we get there, meet the crew. Uh, and then all of a sudden like Candelo like kind of comes in and he like, all of a sudden everybody like lines up. It's like, it's like the fucking army. And I didn't even really know what Candelo looked like. I just turned the legend of Tony Candelo at this <laughs> point. Right. So right. then all of a sudden uh, we lined up and you're just like, kind of like, drill sergeant shit and then next thing i know he's like going down the line of everybody like hello uh, hello uh, hello and then he comes to me and he's like who the fuck are you <laughs> like uh i'm sean morgan uh, i'm ben i'm ben sorry i'm ben i uh, i i, I wrestle with sean morgan um I, I, vance nevada sent me down here sir i'm I, i'm vance nevada's guy Uh, kid, you look like a fucking grizzly bear. <laughs> grizzly Morgan. I okay. forgot about that. And he just continued walking. And that's, yeah, he ended up calling me Grizzly Morgan throughout the, 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 the tour. So then yeah. we ended up getting in the van and uh, we're doing the first leg of the tour. And thankfully, I got to kind of like weasel my way into shotgun into Tony's van while he was driving. Because I'm like, oh, my God, I've got so much like brain to pick here. This is going to be so great. Uh, so then the first thing he tells me, he's just like, uh, uh, I got you wrestling this, uh, this young guy, this tour there, kid. Uh, I'm excited to see what you can do with this, uh, with this young guy. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, anyway, I can wrestle Chi-Chi Cruz. Uh, Vance said that I can wrestle Chi-Chi Cruz. He's like, oh, Chi-Chi Cruz is our, uh, is our guy. You've got to fucking earn your goddamn way to wrestle Chi-Chi Cruz. Uh, no, you will wrestle this young guy, and uh, maybe, possibly, we will see from there. Like, who's this fucking young guy? Uh, his, uh, his name is Kenny Omega. Uh, he's, he's, <laughs> he's not bad. And I'm like, fuck. He's not bad. And I'm like, for fuck's sakes, I gotta wrestle this fucking asshole, right? So then I remember I, I was mad, and then, like, uh, Danny Duggan, and he's just, like, kind of slapped me on the shoulder. He was on the tour as, like, the is Kenny's kind of young boy. I, I those, yeah. he was the only one there that wasn't wrestling. Um, but he's like, Hey, do you know who this guy is? And I'm like, who, who is he's like, you know, who Kenny Omega is. And I'm like, I don't fucking know who Kenny Omega is. I'm like, well, I give a fuck. He's like, who just out of curiosity He's like, who's the top guy in Ontario. And I'm like, Showtime, Eric young. No question. He's the Showtime, Eric young of Winnipeg. And I'm like, Oh, Okay, well, I'm looking forward to wrestling him. And we had some really fun matches. I like he 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 was still like just breaking in at that point. So like I didn't, he he wasn't really anybody at that point. But like the funny, it's just funny to kind of look back. I'm I'm wrestling Kenny Omega, and I'm still begging to wrestle Chi-Chi Cruz, um, yeah. like on the tour. And then eventually I ended up getting my chance. And then uh, I'll I'll never forget. Like I went up to him and. Uh, do you have any of those Omega matches on tape? If I do, Chi-Chi Cruz has them, and okay. I don't know what he did with them because I would be very interested to see what those look like because um, – I'll send them a message after we're done. <laughs> do it because uh, he, might, he might actually have them somewhere in storage. And, uh, and I actually really want to get Chi-Chi on the podcast because it's not enough people these days know who Chi-Chi is, and I would really love yeah. to introduce people to Chi-Chi Cruz. But right. um, 
but I, even then I knew like, it, I, I realized after the fact, uh, I guess like once I got home, but Kenny wrestling, Kenny changed my whole outlook on wrestling because, I imagine. uh, because it pissed me off because I grew up in that old school, like with that mentality of like old school, old school, old school, you know, that's why I wanted to wrestle Chichi Cruz. And like when, when Cheech, when I did get to wrestle Cheech, I was like in awe because, uh, I went to, to ask him like, all right, well, what do you want to do? He's like, uh, how much time do we got? And then Candelo is just like, I'm giving you guys 45 minutes. I'm like, <laughs> Fucking what did you just say? Iron Man. I've never done 45 minutes before. And Cheech is, can like, he's laughing at my deer in the headlights look. And I'm like, um, what do you want to do for 45 minutes? And Cheech, now that I know him, completely just fucking with me. He like looks at me and he does like one of these like kind of like him and Han. And he's just like, uh, stunner. And then just walks away. And I'm like, what does that mean? Do I take the, am I giving you, am I taking it? Oh no. I'm clearly taking the stunner. Yeah. What else are we doing? And he's just like, we'll figure it out. And I'm like, Oh fuck! <laughs> and then it was that the like, Cheech taught me how to wrestle. Like he taught me how to work in one night. We got to do it a couple more nights afterwards, but like he literally taught me the art of pro wrestling. In one he did night. the same for Steen the year or two before you went. Steen wasn't really Steen trained with with Devin, but then did the Death Tour and got trained the same way you did, but with Chichi Cruz and Eddie Watts. So that that was it was the same experience as you just like a year or two before. It was it was so crazy though, and like it, it, it's funny because I, I I look back at that stuff and uh, I, I thank I thank because here's the thing um, I I thank Kenny for uh, for kind of under like kind of twisting my my view on wrestling because the the night that specifically that happened uh, if it wasn't for Cheech me and Kenny would have fucking, we, it would have got bad. Cause I have never been more ready to fight another human being than I was that night. He, uh, because Kenny's style is like, uh, it's just Kenny's style. And I, and it yeah. wasn't really a thing then he gave me this German suplex the one night, uh, because the, the, we were doing a thing where, uh, me and him would wrestle each other in, uh, in a singles match to open the show. And then mm -hmm. I would, I would beat Kenny in a singles match. Never oh, you went over this Omega. There you he's go. Never, he's never beat me in a singles match. That's fucking <laughs> – it's like the only thing I can, like, have to – and it doesn't even matter. Um, but then oh, – it uh, matters, baby. It matters. <laughs> but then we would wrestle again in the main event uh, in a tag match where it was me and I can't remember the guy's name, but he was one of Don Callis' students. Um, we would wrestle him and uh, Mighty Bruce the Midget from uh, the yeah. West Coast. Yeah, I know who you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So – um, we, we did that like a, a bunch of nights, like a lot of the nights. And I just remember the one, the one night in particular, it might've been the last night that we actually wrestled each other. We were kind of getting on one another's nerves, uh, because I wasn't taking jokes very well. Uh, as you know, um, I was yeah. very much an, I kind of had it. I don't want to say I still had the attitude, but I still had a attitude about me, you know? Um, so what, what people, year was this? 2004? Yes. Five? 2004. Four? Yeah. yeah. Um, because I was still very guarded, you know, I was young and just, I didn't, I, I had no, no guidance in like 
parental figures. So like when people fucked with me, I just like, uh, I took it to heart. Uh, yeah. so when they were ribbing me and fucking with me, I like, I took it to heart. So, the, uh, so we were kind of on each other's last nerve. And I just remember like the, the one night we were wrestling and we were doing our singles match. He gave me this German where it was like a very much a snap Japanese Kenny Omega style German now yeah. where like you would kind of bump like on the top of your neck. But like, for me, I'm like, you flat back me motherfucker. Like he, like I, I, I had my bell rung and I was ready to fight him like i got back to the like the rest of that match i don't even remember i just remember being <laughs> stiff as fuck and then i was just like oh we have to do this again later and i got back into my dressing room um uh, because we there was still a heel and face dressing room on that tour and um i'm i'm in the dressing room telling anybody that'll listen i'm like watch this main event because i'm gonna fuck this dude up bro like i am <laughs> fucking him up like i have never been more like i'm gonna fight kenny omega tonight and then Chichi Cruz walked into our locker room and he's just like, what's going on with you? And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, why am I hearing in the other locker room that you're going to fight Kenny Omega? And I'm like, cause the motherfuckers <laughs> dumping me on my head on purpose and shit like that. Like who the fuck does this? Like, I get it. He's the guy, but you don't fucking dump me on my fucking head. Like I'm feeling this shit, dude. I'm like, I don't need a goddamn concussion because this guy thinks he's the fucking man or whatever. I'm like, that's not how you fucking work and take care of people. Cheech, you should know this. And he's just like, Oh, I do. But like he, he, he understood where I was coming from. And then he like Chichi Cruz calmed me down and I was still mad, but I'm like, okay, I'm not going to fight him, but I still got to do this match. And then next thing I know, like me and him had the best match him and I had ever had because like we were just pissed at one another. And then we were, we took shots at one another, like hard shots at one another during that tag match. And then next thing we knew we were just gelling and vibing and, Everything we did was fucking just perfect. The crowd was behind it. And then I remember one point specifically during that match, like we looked at one another and we're just like, you good? You good? We're good. Okay. So we're good. Let's fucking do this. And then like, we just went to town for the match. And then when we got to the back, like where I thought we were going to fist fight, like we just hugged and I was just like, I'm sorry. Like, like you, sorry for everything. I thought you were this I'm learning. And then I actually took that mentality home. Cause I got to learn from like this. I got to learn from Cheech and, and Tony Candelo about old school and etiquette and like respect and just all these different things while I was down there. But then was taught this like, Oh, by the way, this is where wrestling is going. So you probably should learn this. I really wish there was a story of you fighting Kenny Omega though. Cause that would be, Amazing. <laughs> no. How, I, how many times did you wrestle him? Uh, like, was it the whole tour? The whole tour, with the exception of like two or three times that I wrestled Cheech. That's so, awesome, man. I think me and Kenny probably, like, I think we did 18 shows that tour, yeah. if I remember correctly. I think we did 18 shows, and I think I did three with Cheech and about like 15 with Kenny. So I probably wrestled awesome. about 30 times or so, That's awesome. like in the course of a month. So like, it wasn't one of yeah, those. No. Like, yeah. Like I, not, not many people have that. Like he's arguably the greatest wrestler in the world right now. And uh, you got to wrestle him a bunch of times early on in his career. There's not a lot of people that can like say that, you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it was cool. Um, it was, it was, Again, it was a huge learning experience because he wanted yeah, to just he wanted to do so much and yeah. uh, and again he wanted like, to be what he does now, right? Yeah, and and growing yeah. up 
with that like maritime wrestling attitude, you're just like, we don't, we don't need to <laughs> everyone do just grabs the headlock for 45 minutes. <laughs> Essentially. Yeah. But then yeah. we would be like, okay, well we don't need to do this. Like we don't have to do this. He's like, okay, okay, fine. And then we would wrestle and he would just do the shit anyway. And I was just yeah. like, okay like you're not like okay i'm i'm, I'm understanding like it, it took me a little while but like it, that was a it was just a really solid education from uh like that tour changed my life just because like getting those three different types of educations again from cheech from tony uh and then from from kenny it was that's fucking, amazing dude i don't yeah, think i realized mega was on that tour i knew he wrestled there because when Steen and Scott went out in 2002, he was out there. They never got to wrestle him, but he was always around uh, top rope championship wrestling and yeah. uh, Bobby J. Like, so uh, they got to know him too. I think he, the promoter that he's close with is, uh, I think his name is Andrew Shellcross, I want to say. Because whenever Kenny goes home, like to this day, oh, like PCW. he's still. Oh, uh, Yeah. Was that PCW? Yeah, yeah, okay. I think so. Um, yeah. He probably did work with Bobby J, I'm sure, back in that time. Um, yeah. But, yeah, Kenny's very uh, very picky and choosy about who he does anything for and has been for, for quite some time. Like, I, yeah. I've, actually, I've actually tried to get Kenny to come down and do, like, an appearance. I've tried to get him down for – like, I've tried to talk to him about a couple of different times to come down and do some st- something for, for me at my show. And, uh, He's expensive. <laughs> yes, uh, very expensive. <laughs> Um, we tried as well one time we were going to do we did a show called uh, Alpha and then the next show was going to be called Omega this is bef- years before Jericho and Omega did their did the Alpha thing we, we did a show called Alpha and we were going to announce Kenny Omega for the next show but then the promotion went out of business so it never happened oh that sucks now out of curiosity yeah. like if you would have brought Kenny in who would you have had him wrestle at that, well, probably Dukes, because Dukes was here a lot. Dukes was the champion of the promotion, so probably Tyson Dukes. Um, I specifically wanted him to, to come in and work with Josh Alexander. Okay. I thought that, I, and I still think that if that ever happens, that could be one of the best pro wrestling matches that ever happens. Josh was supposed to come out here in May, but then the world ended. <laughs> well, Josh was actually was gonna, making a we, few. We had a huge show planned with Mick Foley, Vicky Guerrero, James Storm, Josh Alexander, Rhino, a few other people, and then it just the world stopped working, so it never happened. Yeah. Well, I mean, trust me, I know all about it, man. I had, uh, I was one of the. Actually, I think I'm the first Canadian promoter in God knows amount of time. Uh, I got to book Alex Shelley. I had, oh, wow. I had yeah. Alex Shelley booked for my March show. And uh, I think the last time he actually wrestled for uh, in Canada was for the uh, – was for a company in Toronto. Okay. And um, I, that was a long, long time ago. Because, like, other than that, he was only doing Border City Wrestling stuff because right. Alex Shelley's pretty picky and choosy on who he wrestles for, even to this day. Um, but – Alessandro Del Bruno, I don't know if you know who he is, but he's a very good friend of mine. He's uh, he's been a huge, huge. Like, he's been the backbone of uh, of crossbody pro wrestling. It's yeah. been like I've known Alessandro Del Bruno since he was like since we first started, and like his dream, his dr- like it, it was never to wrestle for the WWE. It was never to to 
make millions. It was to wrestle Alex Shelley. So I wanted to make that happen for my buddy. And it took me a long ass time and a lot of negotiation, but I got it done. And uh, yeah, uh, that's sweet. Yeah, well, it would have been fucking sweet had uh, yeah, yeah. Had but the world you're talking ended. about people like you're talking about people being like picky and choosy of where they work. Bobby Roode was the same way. Um, he did like zero indies. The only indie he did was House of Hardcore. Uh, but he would always come out here for me. I'd just be like, "Yeah, I got the show." And he's like, "Yep, yeah, I'll be out." I'm like, "Sweet." But he worked for nobody else. Why he came out here, like? four or five times for me with like no questions asked, like just blows my mind because he never did it for anybody else. Yeah. Like, it's weird, man. Me. Cause like I mean, he, he didn't wrestle. Like he, he almost made it a point to not wrestle in Ontario. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. think the only time that I ever saw him wrestle in Ontario, I was on the show and the only reason Warrior why he, no, did he do warrior one? He did. Yeah. Team Canada. Well, I was there for that. That was actually the first show that I ever got to like, help produce uh which is kind of nuts um but the the first ever and only indie show i really ever saw him like wrestle on was uh for this group called ciwa and i remember hearing through the grapevine i could be wrong on this but i doubt it was the only reason why he agreed to do it was because he wanted to wrestle eric young and eric young and him tore it the fuck up like yeah i bet I just remember like the rest, like there was a few of us all looking around. We're just like, we don't do the same thing that those guys yeah. do. <laughs> That's a different job. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what they just did and, and what it is that we're like trying to do. Yeah. That's not the same thing. That, that's yeah. not the same shit. That's not yeah. the same thing at all. Um, New Scott. So one thing that we were just talking about is uh, the one thing that I wanted to ask you is, um, I'm curious about how you kind of like got into all of this, right? Because you, um, you started out with filming shows. Like you started with a, with the website, the new Um, you be, again, you, you became like this video library for, for everybody. You became a promoter. Like you've pretty much done everything but wrestle. So like, I'm kind of curious as to like what got you, uh, how, how did your path start into what you do now? Um, well, you mentioned newscott.com. Do you remember making some of the original graphics for newscott.com? I do. Actually, I <laughs> forgot about that until just now, but yeah. wow, I did because I actually used to have somewhat of a computer skill uh at yeah. that time. I used to rock Angel Fire and GeoCities real fucking hard. GeoCities man. was the shit, yo. I GeoCities was so small, it only allowed a certain amount of megabytes. So yeah, I had That's like, right. 27 GeoCity sites all linked under newscott.com. So if you went to it, you wouldn't know the difference. But for me uploading, it'd be like, okay, which GeoCity site is this file supposed to go to? Yeah. But the, uh, the, the filming thing, I, uh, I went to a Grand, I saw a poster for a Grand Prix show. I had, I had heard of Grand Prix. I'm a lifelong wrestling fan, but I never went to an independent wrestling show until I was 20. Because I didn't know it existed i had heard of grand prix i heard of leo burke and the beast but i didn't really understand what it was it didn't it didn't click with me for some reason to be like hey there's local wrestling at the forum every week so i saw a poster it was a grand prix poster and it said it was going to be at the forum and this was may 2001 so I was like oh i'm definitely going to this 
and you can't see it, but I brought the brown WWF World Championship with me, the one Triple H had for most of his run. Okay. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, big, yeah. the big round one, the big round eagle. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I brought that because that's what I thought you were supposed to do. Um, I, I don't know what I was expecting. <laughs> You're supposed to bring your wrestling merch, right? Um, yeah. So, yep. so I got to the show like two hours early. I don't know what I was expecting. I was expecting like this huge lineup of people. I wanted front row seats, baby. Like this is my first indie wrestling experience. I had yeah. no idea what to expect. There was nobody else in line until the doors opened. But the promoter came out. The promoter's name back then, Emil Dupree, partnered with a guy named Mike Zink. No relation to Al Zink or Tom Zink. Z-Man! <laughs> the the Z-Man. But uh, he, he worked with Emil and he worked with Devin a little bit, Devin Chittick. Yep. So he asked me if he can take the belt to show the boys. So I'm like, sure, I guess. And so he takes it. God knows, knowing what I know now, God knows what they did with that belt. Like I, I had to, I cleaned it with like spray nine and everything. <laughs> Just sanitize the hell out of it. I don't want to touch this. Yeah. So I, I get it. in. There's like maybe 15 people in the audience. So I got my front row seat. The two hours outside paid off. Flesh Gordon comes out. Uh, did you do you remember Flesh? I absolutely remember Flesh because he's from Toronto. Uh, and yeah. he if you know Flesh, it's the the greatest thing in the world because like you look at him and he's like the most intimidating, like like he looks like he's yeah. out of a comic he's book. As big as and a then, but like the way that he talks is like the funniest shit because like he's got like this high pitched voice and everything is like, Yeah, fucking right, buddy. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go. We're, we're gonna go fucking wrestle, buddy. Ah. Yeah. Like it's it's yeah. the fucking Funny as shit. Yeah, I love Flesh Gordon. He's a nice guy, man. Yeah, Flesh so, is awesome. He made a Christmas video for my website last year. So Flesh comes out, takes the belt, holds it up. I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever. Um, these guys like me. Um, so after the show, this other guy comes out, and he's like, I just wanted to come out and, and uh, see the belt and all this stuff. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, the, the guy, the promoter or whoever uh, took it back. He's like, yeah. He's like, I just wanted to see it, like, up close. I didn't get a chance then. I'm like, okay. That guy ended up being Scott Savage, uh, Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah Delinquent. Yeah, he's yeah. like, we actually have another show coming up that's not Grand Prix on the weekend. You should come down to it. He's like, Mike, and Mike Zink was standing there, too. He was like, he's helping promote this show. And Mike was like, yeah, come on down. Just tell the people at the gate, you're with the wrestling. You won't have to pay. I'm like, okay. So uh, this is in Bridgewater, which is about an hour and 10, hour and 20 minute drive from, from Halifax. We get there. I don't tell the person at the gate. I'm with the wrestling. <laughs> it was like $5. It was like a, a fair. It was like the Bridgewater exhibition fair. There was yeah. rides, there was everything. So I'm like, there's no way she's. they have a list. Like, <laughs> So <laughs> I just pay to get in, and I go up, and I'm looking around for everybody, and I find them. Jerry Martell and Flex Falcone were on this show, too. Um, so we get – and Quinton. So we get there. I, uh, I, um, I find where they're getting changed. I stay outside, and Scott comes out, and he's like, just come stand in here. I'm like, okay. And then Mike Zink takes the belt and shoot, hits Scott in the head with it. Scott <laughs> takes the big, 
Scott takes a big old bump on the floor. But anyway, there was about, this is the Bridgewater exhibition. Uh, there was about 2,500 people there. No joke to watch mainstream wrestling. It was huge. They disliked the product so much. Just before intermission, they just started throwing rocks at the ring. Flex and Jerry were in the ring. Because uh, it was in the middle of like a where horses and stuff would run, right? That's where they had the ring in a in a dirt pile thing, and people were just started pelting the ring and pelting the boys with rocks. So they canceled the show. That was my second indie show experience. <laughs> so holy uh, shit! Yeah. So I would go back, and they were like, "We're we're not doing the rest of the show." I'm like, "Well, I kind of figured." And then someone, and then Scott says, is like, can somebody drive me home? For some reason, Scott didn't have a drive home. I'm like, We're, I, I can drive you home. He's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, yeah. And uh, I should have asked where he lived because fuck, I, I could have drove like three hours the wrong direction. Luckily, yeah. he lived in Dartmouth. It was like 20 minutes from where I lived. So I talked, me and Scott talked wrestling the entire way home, right? Uh, WWE, ECW, just, just wrestling. Uh, he adds me to MSN. You remember MSN from back oh, in the day? Of course MSN I Messenger? do. And we became friends on that. And through that, me and Scott started traveling in the ring truck to all these shows. So within like three shows, I come from bringing my world title belt to a show to now driving in the ring truck with Scott, setting the ring up, um, or setting the ring up, sorry, like getting it from this guy's shed that was in a swamp. And just like put it, it was a horrible situation. <laughs> Looking wow. back at it now, what me and Scott had to do to get this ring for these shows was ridiculous. I couldn't imagine any of the guys doing it now. We didn't think anything of it, right? It was just like we're getting. I was pumped. I was touching a wrestling ring. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like yeah, this yeah. dream come true. And uh, and then I saw an ad in the newspaper. I had never seen an ad for independent wrestling anywhere ever before the very second i started going to the shows i saw them everywhere i couldn't walk by a telephone pole i couldn't open up a newspaper like i don't know if i was just missing it or not paying attention but i saw an ad in the paper and it was like wrestling at exhibition park it had a picture of tid it had a picture of cowboy nice. mike hughes uh and brody Steele. i'm like these guys look like wrestlers because no offense to scott or steam if you're looking at kingman and pete or kingman and cowboy you're like okay these guys look like the people i watch on television so i go i go early to that show too there's a lineup for this show i'm like okay maybe this is different real action wrestling like we talked about earlier when they hit halifax it was 1500 people Every Tuesday night, I think it was, Tuesday or Thursday night, uh, yeah. every two weeks, they ran Halifax. It was jam-packed. This was before they went to the form. This was at Exhibition Park, which is 10, 15 minutes from the form. Um, most of my footage, if you watch it on my channel, is from Exhibition Park. Um, so I sat in the crowd, and I'm watching these guys. I'm watching Chi-Chi Cruz. I'm watching Bobby Roode. For some reason, I'm, like, looking around. I'm, like, nobody's filming this <laughs> i was like these guys should be able to see what they do i don't know why that thought came into my mind this was before youtube this was before the internet there was a real action wrestling message board 
that's the only thing that was around like on the internet for wrestling around here real action or it was raw.cjb.net <laughs> um so i go out the very next day drop like a thousand dollars on a sony video camera for some unknown reason um i'm like and i go back the next week i don't even know if i'm allowed to tape these shows you know what i mean like i don't know what the rules are so i walk in with the video camera i'm like where's the best place to film i get in the front row i'm like I'm kind of too far away, or I'm kind of too close to get everything. I didn't know anything about filming at this point, right? So I'm sitting in the front row. I'm like, I don't like this seat. So I back up to the lower bowl, sit where I would later learn what hard cam was, sit dead center, hold the camera. I'm like, I can scan everywhere. I can zoom in from here if I want to get closer. So that's where I sat for every show in that same seat at Exhibition Park, what is known as hard cam. That's, that's what I was doing. So now I have all this footage. I don't know any of the guys from Real Action Wrestling. None of Scott or Steen at this point know any of those guys, right? Because was, there was a big divide between Real Action Wrestling and Mainstream Wrestling. Uh, no Huge. offense to the Mainstream Wrestling guys. It was just levels, levels above, right? Yeah. Um, so there's a message board. I'm like, I have this footage. I'm like, is, this, this is 2001. There's no YouTube till 2006. So I'm like, I, I have this footage. I'm like, if anyone wants to see it, just let me know. I can make like a VHS tape. I get a message from a girl asking me if I was the guy that was filming in the crowd. One of the wrestlers noticed and uh, was wondering if they could see the footage. I'm like, absolutely. I'm like, tell whoever it is to contact me. I can send them a tape. Mike Hughes sends me an email. So I spend the next year or so mailing VHS tapes to PEI for, <laughs> for, for Cowboy, right? That was the only way to get footage to people, right? And then yeah. Cowboy would have people over to his place and they would watch the tapes. Mike liked what I was doing, so he kept asking me to, to come back. I only ever paid for like one Grand Prix show and one Real Action Wrestling show before they brought me in to like actually film the shows. And the only reason they brought me in to film the show is because I was the only one with a video game. <laughs> there was no, like, this guy's awesome, cool, or whatever, right? They're like, this guy's got a video camera. We can use that. And I, I was all for it, right? It's so funny you I, say I that because I actually remember that actually being a thing. I was just like, he yeah. is, he, this is the video camera guy because he's the one that's got one. <laughs> but, hey, yeah. fuck, you got your foot in the <laughs> yeah. door, right? That was it. Like, that was my end going out. Yeah, that was my in, like, just going out and buying a video camera. Like, if I didn't go buy that camera, we wouldn't be sitting here today. Like, so then I ended up going on the road with them, traveling with them, setting up the ring, setting up chairs or whatever, uh, just doing everything they asked, no matter how stupid it was. It was, yes, sir, absolutely. Go to the store and buy me an egg. All right, I'll go to the store and buy you an egg. What's it for? It doesn't matter. Um, I'm like, okay. So... I did, just did everything, and, and that's how I eventually got in, like, was just driving in the ring truck, setting up the ring, tearing down the ring, just doing everything that I was asked for, driving the boys. Not everybody had a driver's license. I had a car and a driver's license, and they were like, can you get to Yarmouth or Lunenburg for Saturday? We'll, we'll pay your gas. We just need a place for four people to sit. <laughs> I'm like, absolutely. So I just drove Steen and Scott and Sarah everywhere for a long time and and that that was how i got in 
well, that uh, for for all you young wrestlers that are listening to this and uh, are kind of confused by what he was just talking about, this is what we <laughs> refer to as is calling uh, it's called paying your dues, yeah. and uh, it's a time honored tradition that uh, that we still do, uh, hopefully. And uh, it was what got you respect in the business back in the day. And you were not allowed to do jack shit uh, unless you paid your dues and earned your respect. And um, it's funny because the tie back to a story that we were talking about earlier, um, at one of Mike Hughes's shows, that he, the first show that he promoted in Prince Edward Island, um, that was the first time that I, I think it was the first or second time that I'd ever met uh, Peter Smith and uh, King. <laughs> yeah, Brody Steele. Brody Steele. So um, I just remember I we sh we showed up that day uh, and it was a it was a really cool drive. I remember just because uh, you, there was like that twenty minute long highway over the that lake or whatever to get to the tolls, and it was like the trippiest thing in the world. I didn't even know that it existed. The uh, Confederate Bridge is what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, was so cool. So we, we, we drive over there and uh, we get there. And I remember like you, we saw, you see all the boys and you're like, yeah, Hey, what's up guys. What's going on? What's going on? I saw you. And I'm like, Hey, what's going on, buddy. And the next thing I know, I see, I see Pete and I see uh, Mike and I could kind of see like, I, don't, I, I just saw Pete was angry, like fucking angry. And, and, and I had no clue why, but all I know is that he screamed at you to come hither, basically. Like, you were summoned. Oh, yeah. You were fucking summoned in front of everybody. <laughs> like, and, oh, yeah. like, it was one of the worst fucking verbal beatdowns I'd ever <laughs> seen, especially at that time. And I was like, yo, what the fuck did this guy do? <laughs> yeah. Um Tell me about that. Like, what, what, ha like, why did you get called out? And, like, what was the whole? Go ahead. You, you tell yourself. <laughs> this is a hilarious story. He denies that to this day. Me and Pete are super tight now. He was at my wedding, really good friends. He denies that happens to this day. I'm like, there was a room full of people. I so, did not pull that story out of my ass, I promise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just doesn't want to believe. He just doesn't want to think that he did that to me, right? Um, it's hilarious now, though. I mention it all the time. But me, Steen, Vinny Glide, and Cinder, we drive over to uh, PEI for the show. We walk in the building. Um, everyone says hello. Mike's like, "Hey," and then Peter comes out of the the dressing room. All I remember is the bright orange pants that Peter was wearing, because they were like, Pete's like six foot eight, 320 pounds, just, just a giant of a human being. And he's like, are you the one they call New Scott? Uh, yes. Over here now. I'm like, yeah. God. And then Mike yells, this is my first time ever in a backstage atmosphere with these guys, right? Because every other time, I would just go and sit out front. Yeah. But we now that I was traveling with them, I didn't. There was no other choice, right? Um, yep. Unless I like just waited outside the building for ten hours. So he's like, "Over here now." I'm like, "Oh fuck!" 
I, dude, got- dude, I, I fucking almost pissed my pants when that happened. I couldn't <laughs> even imagine what the fuck was going on in and your then, head. Holy. And then Mike yells, nice knowing you, new Scott. I'm like, oh, God. I'm like, this is horrible. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. He proceeds to yell at me for 45 minutes. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't get a word in. About, about a minute into him yelling at me, I realize exactly what he's talking about and realize I had absolutely nothing to do with it. He, there was something bad about, uh, something bad written about him on the internet. And according to him, I ran the internet. Like he did, <laughs> he, he's still trying to hook his, like a, his Atari up to a potato, right? Like, he, he knew absolutely nothing. Since something was bad about him, and I was the internet guy that had the website, I was the one that wrote it. I realized a minute into his yelling at me, I had nothing to do with it. But I just stood there, yes, sir, sorry, sir, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, it won't happen again, for what seemed like an eternity. Yeah, and, it was. And then he's like, okay. And then he walks away. And then and I knew exactly who he was talking about. I knew the whole situation, but I wasn't about to correct him because that, that would have made the whole thing way like Peter, you're wrong. Well, you've <laughs> you've seen from experience what that does to people. Yeah, you don't yeah. correct them. <laughs> no, I can only imagine like that happening to wrestlers around today. They feel oh like he's God. bullying me. He, he's bullying me. I'm I'm like, no, no, no. I'm like, it's paying your dues. Like, I'm so, like, there's a fun, there might be a line, sure, but what he did, I don't have a problem with. He was, he was, it was a, he was the, Mike, the, uh, bleh, sorry, the way I put it, Mike is your cool older brother. Mike was one of the nicest, is one of the nicest human beings ever. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be sitting here right now. But Peter is like your, your dad or your grandfather. The guy that makes you earn that respect, that that makes you like work for it. And it was about five years before he treated me like a human being. Like every morning after the show at breakfast, he would call me a pussy and ask me uh, why I didn't want to be a wrestler. At the time, I was 5'11 and 120 pounds. And I didn't know what to say to this guy, but it happened every single day in front of everybody. Hey, pussy, why don't you want to be a wrestler? I'm like, I don't know, sir. But luckily, Steen was with me, and we'd be like, look at him. You'd, you'd break him, because I was as big as, like, my pinky from my feet to my head, right? Yeah, you were so, scrawny got, back then. You did not have the muscle yeah. mass you do now, for sure. No, I've gained 95 pounds. <laughs> yeah, you, you uh, gained, gained a human, a human being. Human. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that went on for years, and I just took it. And then eventually, he started treating me like, like a human. And I was like, I, I remember the – First thing he said to me that made me realize, like, okay, he actually likes me now. He says to me, he's like, I normally shun the internet uh, for, uh, I normally shun the internet in favor of the real world, but you're all right. <laughs> I'm like, I'm in. I'm like, that, that's, that's, that's the thing. And then eight years later, he's at my wedding, dancing with his daughter and his wife. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so it came along, but he, man, did he make me earn it? And I would not have wanted it any other way. I can honestly say that um, 
I, I paid my dues back then with those guys to be able to I, – I don't like saying that because it makes me seem like, oh, he thinks he's a big deal or whatever. But they made me work for it. I wasn't a wrestler. Back then, there was nobody around that wasn't part of the show. Uh, you, you were a wrestler, a ring announcer, or a referee. There was nobody else allowed anywhere. And it was about – and another thing he said, it was about five years before I went into the locker room too. Um, I promoted my own shows and didn't go into the locker room. Bobby Roode came out one time and he's like, we're trying to get a group picture. He's like, uh, can we get back, come back here? I'm like, I'm not allowed back there. He's like, it's your show. Get the fuck back here. I'm like, okay. So I went out back, took the picture and left again. I would all, Mike Hughes did all of my shows and I would always put him, well, not put him. He, he assumed charge of the locker room, right? So he yeah. would come out. I would tell him everything. Like, he let me book the show. He just made it better. I would tell him what I wanted. And then he would just go back. Never stepped foot in the dressing room in shows I promoted for years. Um, just because it wasn't my place. I'd still, I still don't like to be back there now. But sometimes there's nowhere else to go, right? It's, it's the boys' home for whatever time they're there. Most of the spaces aren't big enough for them. So they don't need an extra body in there taking up space, right? So unless there's... This, a situation that needs me to be back there. I'm back there now more often because I do a lot more stuff than what I, I usually do. Like I help run everything now. Yeah. So I am back there more, but if there's a time that I don't have to be there, I'm not there. It's just, it's just not my place. Right. I've seen so many people that are just like, Oh, I want to be backstage in the locker room. Like just regular folks that are, are there with friends or whatever. I'm like, man, this, you shouldn't be back here. This is like, this is their home. This is where everything happens. Like, you don't. Like, I've seen people get yelled at and kicked out of the locker room and not understand and be upset of why they're getting kicked out. Like, I don't know. It's sometimes I went off on a rant there. But, no, uh, no, that's okay. That, that, but you that said something there that – baffles me. You said something there that's really important, and I don't think a lot of people understand it, and, and that the locker room really is our home. And what yeah. for people that don't understand that, like, imagine – being an indie wrestler, it doesn't matter whether you do it full-time or do it part-time. Okay. Cause like whether you do it full-time, you're spending a lot of your time on the road. Like you're traveling, like you're putting a fucking grind in, like you're in the gym, you're, yeah. you're, you're living a very, very, very difficult life. So when you get to the venue, that locker room is like your, your one place to just shed all of that skin of like having to worry about being, perfect for the world you can just like oh it's like it's it, it almost in a weird way it's almost like when uh, the best way i can i can explain yeah. it is for like when anybody gets home from work and then you just go to the bathroom that's that's your time whatever you do whether you fucking sit on the toilet and just let a uh, and like that's that's you whatever you do once like you you that's that's your space and you're yeah. in there with very like-minded people who are all working just as hard as you uh for the same goal and you know like you're in with it, it's your safe zone so like whether you're a part like whether you're a full-timer that does that or whether you're a part-timer who has to work full-time during the week like you're working your ass off at your day job from nine to five and then at nighttime you're going to the gym and then after the gym you're going to wrestling training and then by the time you get home there's literally an hour to cook your meals for the next day get a slight bite to eat and then have to go to sleep and then 
wash, yeah. rinse, repeat the next day. That's tough. So when you get to that weekend, when it's your time to be weekend warrior guy, and it's your time to get into that <laughs> locker room, that locker room is you're like, oh, I can breathe. That This is my safe zone with my safe people that, are, that have yeah. done and have put in the same amount of work and sacrifice into their life, into their career, into their craft that I have. Like it's that's the best way I can explain it. So like, I'm, I'm so glad that you actually explained that because um, there are people, especially in our neck of the woods that feel that they kind of deserve to be back in the locker room and yeah, feel that they deserve to too. and feel like they deserve to be like in the shows a little earlier than, than fans per se. You know what I mean? And it's just like, you preach, to you, preach to you, brother, preach. To you guys, it's like, hey, I get to go in and uh, and be a part of something that maybe I shouldn't be, and and I get that for people. It's 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 cool. What you, you, they don't understand is that they're invading our time and our privacy with our family and our coworkers, and potentially invading time and space into uh, planning out our night's work. And I'm not saying anything that people don't know. It's just that like you're potentially taking away from the magic that you were here to see. Yeah. Why are you doing that? And you're taking away from like from the small amount of time that I've got with my set of people and my coworkers and my friends to be able to be the best me that I can be for the people that are here. Like it's just, uh, people don't understand yeah. that. I don't think. And uh, not at all. And, and it's, that's, that's, I'm, I'm just glad that you put that the way that you did, because like, I mean, for, for crossbody, like our locker room is so small. Like, I don't want to get into right. specifics, but it's like the, the actual area itself is so small. So like, I'm very, very guarded with who comes in there and who doesn't, but like, there are certainly people that like, you kind of have to like pull aside from time to time and being like, yo, like. This isn't like a, I'm not trying to pull a heavy here and being like, yo, you don't deserve to be bad. It's like, this is our small space. Like quit trying to invade it. Like be out there. Like yeah. you'll get to spend time with us. You know? Um, so with that being said, like, I, I guess you eventually earn the respect of the boys through like you're paying your dues. Like, cause that definitely answers my next question as to like what kept you around. But like, I mean, what keeps you around now? Because the reality is, is the, the landscape that's down there, like this, this kind of ties into what I was saying in, in my introduction, like with how influential you are, like you're probably, you've got the most time with the exception of uh, probably Mike and Pete down there. Yeah. Mike, Pete, Steen, um, Duke. That's about it. That's still active. Duke's back. <laughs> is he working again? Yeah. That's awesome. He I is. love that he guy. He works mostly for – he works for, like, two promotions. He doesn't work as much as he used to, but he he, he does work a few times a year. He's so good, dude. He's another I, guy that – I apologize. I, I forgot to mention Steen. I, 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 that was actually a no, complete no. – Still got that heat, brother? Yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, if he comes <laughs> at me – and he, if I get that fucking Instagram message, he's like, we still got heat, bro, I swear to God. Um <laughs> Actually, but uh, what 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 keeps me around is yeah, yeah. Uh, the 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 same thing that I kept me that made me want to be around earlier. We have so many talented kids here now. It's oh man, 
I got into a car to go somewhere for a show last year. Um, I'm looking in the car. I'm like, you're 20. You're 23. You're 21. I'm like, when the fuck did I become the old guy? Because that used to be me. Like, I used to be the 21-year-old in, in the car. But uh, we have so many young, talented guys that don't know what to do or how to do it. And a lot of them don't feel comfortable for whatever reason going. I, oh, I know why. It's because they're intimidated. They don't feel comfortable going to a Peter Smith or a Mike Hughes to ask, like, what do I do? Because they're scared or they're intimidated. They absolutely should. But I'm not one of those guys, and they know I've been around a while. So a lot of them will come up and be like, so are you going to Sheldon's – are you going to the ECPW show? Yeah, I, uh, I, I, film all, I film all of those shows. They're like, how do I get booked? So if I th – <laughs> this is going to sound bad. If I think the person is good enough – I'll message Sheldon, the promoter of ECPW, and be like, uh, I'm, I'm going to talk about one guy specifically because he's absolutely amazing. And if you get a chance for some reason to book this gentleman on your show, it will be the greatest thing you ever see, bar none. Greatest promo in history, right? Greatest promo in professional wrestling right now, worldwide, WWE, I don't care. <laughs> Charlie, if, as soon as he puts on some size, he's he's going places his name's charlie hubley and he he'll come up to me and be like are you going that, to sheldon's show sorry what? is that the guy that's dating madison now uh no that's charlie winston <laughs> oh i'm so i'm sorry okay uh we have too bad. many charlies <laughs> i guess so because i was picturing the bald okay i pictured a completely different human please send me links of this guy because i'm uh i'm always I will. And, and you know, damn well that like, and it's funny because I was just about to bring this up. Like, I mean, in, in the Maritimes, this new Scott's word is bond. And like, I mean, uh, so much so that, uh, yeah. if, if new Scott ever messaged me and, and, and this has happened a couple of different times where he's just like, Hey, so-and-so is coming down there. Cool. I got dates for them here, here, and here. And he, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. if new Scott tells me that they're good, uh, I will legit welcome them into my home, uh, sight unseen. And I've done that before. Uh, yeah, Charlie Hubley is that guy. He will be the hardest working guy on your show. I've spent two days in a car with him doing shows. Like There was a huge show in uh, Moncton at the Moncton Casino earlier this year. And me and two other, me and three other people spent nearly two days in a car. No sleep, no, barely any food. Uh, traveling all over the place. Flip Gordon was there for a lot of it, too. Um, and Flip Gordon didn't complain once, to, to be honest. But <laughs> such a nice guy for what he had to go through for this show. <laughs> but uh, Charlie, not one complaint. Did everything asked. Like, I was like, I want to go to sleep. Fuck everybody. <laughs> but uh, he's like, anyway, the reason I still stay around is for guys like Charlie that don't know how to don't necessarily want to ask or are too nervous to ask someone like Mike and Pete on what to do. They know I've been around. They know I'm one of the only people that work for everybody. There's still a thing where if you work for this person, you can't work for this person. I film for almost every promotion or have filmed for almost every promotion in the Maritime. So and you've I'm earned in, that respect rightfully so. Yeah, I, I've, I've, I've 
I'm always around these people. And then someone will ask, like, who's good now? And I'm like, Charlie or Casey or, or Tiern or, or whoever it may be. And then they will we'll give those guys a shot. They, they've given people a chance, just like you did with Crossbody, just based on me begging them to book. Like, ECPW, uh, Sheldon's been running since 2003. And I do, I run his Facebook page. I make all his videos. I do everything for the guy. Um, so it's kind of like you. When I tell him somebody's good, he'll, he'll listen. But he won't necessarily book them right away. I've been trying for a year to get Charlie Hughley booked up in Cape Breton to get him around Mike Hughes and Duke McIsaac because he's never done a show with them. He doesn't, he's, he's never met them. And I know as soon as he gets around them, as soon as Mike sees him in person, because uh, I always put him over huge online and people are like, that's just New Scott because he's, he's, he's their friend, right? But I know as soon as he gets around Mike and Mike sees him, he's going to be like, all right, kid. You're coming to, like, Red Rock Wrestling is, like, the big thing in the Maritimes, right? That, yeah. That's Mike's promotion in PEI. Everybody wants to work there. I know Mike will be like, you're good. You're, you're, you're coming to my next show. Or at least they will start that conversation of, like, here's uh, how do I get to work for you type thing when they're in the same room. So I've been messaging Sheldon for a year. Please book Charlie. Please book Charlie. At every message I open that we have a conversation with, as soon as he messages me, doesn't matter what he asks. He's like, can you make this video? Please book Charlie. Yes, I can make this video. And finally, he agreed to book Charlie. Then the world ended. <laughs> I'm like, hey, son of a bitch. But that's progress, though. Yeah, but Sheldon has a show on August 22nd. And the very first thing I said was, are you rebooking Charlie for this show? He's like, already done. I'm like, good. But that's what You're I, a it, fuck, good it, brother, New Scott. Charlie God damn it. it. What's that? I said, you're a goddamn good brother. And oh, fuck that. And it's not just Charlie I do it for. He's just the one I, I chose to use for the story. I've gotten other people, bookings with other people that run promotions. I'm like, wild one Casey Williams. I'm like, he's really good to whoever. And I'm like, you should give him a shot. But there's, <laughs> it, it, there's also people that come up and I'm like, that ask me, they're like, can you, can you put in a good word for Sheldon? I'm like, yeah. But I know they're not ready, so I will always tell them you need to do a, to work on this. Like I don't know what it is that they trust my judgment to be like. You need to improve in this area. I've never wrestled. I don't fucking know. But they trust me because I've watched it for so long. I guess I've been around it for so long. I can pick out the good from the bad, and they will always ask. And then I will tell them, okay, you work on this, improve this. And then I'll put a good word into whoever for you type thing, right? Because well, there's some you've people also that spent the time that, in the you've also spent the time in the car with people explaining that yeah. stuff to you properly. So it's not like you're yeah. just coming out of left field with this info. Like you're the guys that are they're trying to get yeah. booked by are the guys that are explaining the business to you. So I mean, it's not like you don't know what the fuck you're talking yeah. about. And I think to them, I'm like the happy medium right they know i'm not gonna be like you fucking suck go home take your bags never come back because that's been said to some people but i'm never going to be that mean i'm going to be like here's what you need to work on and, and the other side of it is i know that they think they're ready and they think they're excited but if you go up and work somebody and have a terrible match you're going to feel bad Mike Hughes or whoever is going to see it and be like, that kid doesn't have it, right? 
So mm -hmm. I want you to be ready for that chance, right? I don't want you to embarrass yourself and feel bad and then come out and be like, I blew it. I'm so, I've had people apologize to me for having a bad match. I'm like, you don't need to apologize to me. Just, just work on whatever it is that you need to fix and then come back next show and do it better. But I don't want them to be embarrassed in front of a large crowd because a lot of the little shows around here, that's fine. You want to do the little show to get that, to get that ring work. And the other thing I tell them is, if you want to come to Sheldon's show, come. Help set up the ring. Help tear down the ring. If there's a small spot, maybe you'll get it. But show them that you're there putting in the work. Show them that you just drove five hours there and you're going to drive five hours home just to say hello, just to set up the ring, just to do whatever is asked of you type thing, right? Because that goes a long way with a lot of people, showing you putting in the effort to get booked. Other people are just like, I'm not booked. I'm not going. I drove mm -hmm. everywhere forever. Like for years for no reason. <clears throat> like no Dude. reason spending my own gas just to just to be able to do something. I can give a classic example just really quickly is um, there's this kid down here who I, I, I've told the story a bunch of times. I think I've even mentioned it on the podcast once or twice, but like there's this kid down here uh, that I wanted to hate so badly because he, <laughs> to me was just like this online troll. But like when, um, when I started doing the showcase series shows for crossbody, you know, I, I pretty much said, I'm like, if you, if you show up, if you, show up early and and do the things that you're supposed to do if you shake everybody's hand you're respectful of all of the things like you you stay afterwards and you tear down and like you do you do all the things that you're supposed to do like that you've essentially discussed right. that like that you have gone through and done i'm like then i will use that person because that's what these showcase series shows are for it's to reward yep. people that are doing the right things the right way and there was this kid, his, uh, his name is Andy, and he wrestles as Young Love, and I, I wanted to hate him, but he showed up show after show after show. And I, I think I even came up with an excuse one show to not use him because I'm like, I, I fucking don't want to like this kid. And then he showed up the next <laughs> week. And then, I, and then at that point, I looked around and I'm like, he's doing all of the fucking things that I said that if you do this, 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 and this, that I'd be happy to use you. So I went to people that I knew that knew him and I was just like, do I, what are we doing here with this kid? And then the one guy was like, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I'm going to give him my thumbs up. And I'm like, okay. And then I went to somebody else and then uh, I'm like, what are we doing with this guy? You know him. He's just like, give him a shot, man. He fucking comes here every week and he works hard. And I'm like, that's all I needed to hear. Boom. And, uh, he's become not only a regular on uh, the showcase series shows, but, uh, he's become like a somewhat regular on our main shows as well before the world fucking ended. Um, and as you can vouch, um, because again, you and me don't really, uh, when we, when we vouch for somebody to, to one another, it's it, we, we mean it. And, uh, yeah. And he was one of the guys that he was actually going out that way not too long ago before the fucking world ended. And I had even asked you, I was just like, hey, listen, I know that you're running this show. Um, I know that traditionally you would probably look at this guy and be like, there's no fucking way I'm going to use this guy, but use him. He's worth yeah. it. He's yeah. like, he's young. He, he needs the experience. He needs the 
to me, he needed the experience of being able to wrestle on a maritime like show, getting in that locker room, just being able to, to be in front of that audience. Uh, I know that the, the locker room and the audience would probably look at him and be like, mm, not sure. But I know that Andy's the kind of kid that could win everybody over. Um, sort of probably like the Charlie, Charlie Hubley, uh, thing that you're just exp explaining before. Um, but you, but that all boils down to that hard work and, and showing up and doing all the right things that you were talking about that Andy did. Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, that started the story. I wanted to hate him. And next thing you know, I'm literally calling a very close personal friend of mine and, and recommending like, Hey, if this kid's coming down to your area and he's, he's that, worth yeah. a shot, you know? Yeah. Um, and you have to invest into guys like that. And you know, it's funny that I look back at it now. Um, that's pretty much what you did for me is like, you just, um, you, you kind of did all the things that I needed to do, but just wasn't really a hundred percent sure of. And that's, that's kind of the gift that I get to do for, for a lot of the younger guys now is, uh, you know, a lot of them are, are, are I don't want to say misguided because I, I, I sound like I'm, I'm disrespecting their trainers, but maybe they just haven't, they haven't been taught, uh, a hundred percent the the proper way of, of doing things. And it's not to say right. that I'm Mr. Perfect and Mr. Proper, but, right. um, but my way has gotten me into some pretty cool opportunities and that I wouldn't have gotten into otherwise, uh, that I had to learn the hard way to get to, you know what I mean? So I feel like if anybody yeah. has like advice to give, like I've definitely got good advice to give because mine, mine isn't from, uh, Hey, I think that you should, maybe avoid doing this because I've heard that this is the wrong, no, I've done a lot of shit the wrong way, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. and, and I, and I've learned the hard way and uh, you, you find out that, that just doing just hard work and just being respectful and being nice to people will get you uh, a lot further in life. Than no, it, it's true. And, and with the, when I promote shows on the last show I promoted before the world ended, I gave two people their first match, two people that there was a show the next day that the promoter said uh, they didn't have anything for them. But I was able to give these two kids their first match uh, on a show and both those matches are online and they both knocked it out of the park. They haven't had a match since obviously, but uh, no one else was willing to give uh, this guy and this girl a shot but they were there they were helping out they were doing all the right things one of them didn't even have gear didn't even like expect to work i'm like do, do, do you want do you want to get in there tonight he's like huh I'm like, I'll, 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 I'll put you with this guy this guy is doesn't have a ton of experience either but he it was it was another guy that i wanted to book but i couldn't book because he he had to work Mm -hmm. Then he got the night off, showed up, and he's like, I'm here. I'm like, all right, we, we, we can work you in. So I put him with this guy, and he had a fantastic match for a first match. Jeff led Draven through a very basic but very good first match, and no one else was giving him the time of day. He used to come down. I seen, He lives in New Glasgow, which is about an hour and 20 minutes away from the city. He used to come to the training school, drive an hour and a half here and an hour and a half back every time the boys would go train. But no one was willing to give him the match. He showed up at my show. I'm like, you're getting in there tonight, kid. And he did. I'm like, what do you want to use for music? He's like, music. And uh, he, 
he was trained by Lance Storm, right? That, that's yeah. where he came from. Oh my and, God. Uh, I've had so, so many, La- I've had so many Lance Storm students come through uh, Crossbody. It's here right now. We have, yeah. we, we have Charlie Hubley was trained by Lance Storm and four other people. So I guess we have five that Lance Storm students here. But uh, Draven didn't have music, so I'm like, I'll give you something. <laughs> so I gave him Lance Storm's WCW theme, just as a joke, right? Yeah. And he comes out and he does this thing, has his match, and he couldn't have been couldn't have been more grateful, you know. Yeah. I was ha- I'm happy to be able to do that for people that aren't willing to book other people for whatever reason, like they're too new, they're too green. Someone's got to give them experience, like they- they've done everything the right way. You don't have to put them in the main event. Put, 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 put them in, like, a pre-match show or, or a match that, like, it's not going to mean that much. Let them get that experience, you know? Like, somebody let me hold a video camera around a ring. If, mm-hmm. if I can help somebody do something right now, that's what I'm going to do, you know? I think that's why we get along so well, goddammit, because, yeah. uh, because I'm, in, I'm literally I'm in the same boat, man, because, um, as you know, like, I, I, had to, I had to work for everything that was given to me. Like, nothing was, nothing was given to me, uh, as we've pretty much explained in this podcast. And, like, the fact that I'm able to uh, provide opportunities for people that were in the same position I was, but to be able to, um, to do so in a way where it's like, okay, I can make sure that you didn't make the same mistakes that I did. Like I can make sure yeah. that you do this correctly. You know, uh, it's, it's such a, it's, it's, it's such a cool spot to be in. Um, yep. Sometimes it's a bit of a thankless job, but it's really not the reason why I do it. Um, to be perfectly honest what? with you, sometimes there's no thank you that will ever mean as much as just watching some of these young guys come back through the curtain after doing stuff that they just didn't think that maybe they were capable of that you kind of guided them through a little earlier in the day and they come back and, and you just see the pride on their face and you just see like, Oh my God, I didn't know that I could do that. But now I can, like, I believe it. Like you just, there's, there's no amount of pride that you could ever, you just can't explain it. And like, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, sometimes it's cool when people come up to you and they're like, Hey man, thank you so much for all the things that that you've done and like all the opportunities that you've provided and like the knowledge, but like, again, sometimes that's nice because that's not the reason why you do it. But like, just to see the, uh, the impact that you have on, on people's lives, sometimes whether they actually know it or not is, is often, you know, the coolest thing that you could possibly be a part of, especially as far along as we are now knowing what we know, um, because it, it, you're, we're giving back. And I, I, that's, that's essentially what I got out of your answer is that like you, you're sticking around the doing what you do to, to give back to, to the people that, that maybe didn't have the opportunity and the knowledge that again, when we both first started down there, you know? Yeah. And I've gotten like, I'll, I'll, I'll give an example. I've gotten mad at people for, I say mad, but it's not really mad um, for doing the wrong thing for like saying, saying, talking shit about a promoter who you may not like the promoter, but said promoter runs ran a ton of shows if you want work a lot of work instead of working once a month you should be contacting said promoter that 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 you're trashing and i took the three of them aside i'm like i get it trust me i've been there i agree with what you're saying but you guys (laughs) you guys have a month in the business you guys need to shut up 
and contact him for work. No joke, the next show, the guy that was doing the, the trash talking was on this person's show. I was like, I am so happy to see you here. You did the right thing. And uh, he learned, he, like, they, just because I call, like, say something, doesn't mean you, can, <laughs> you get to say it too, right? I've been around somebody for 15 years. If, if, if they're doing something stupid, I can call them on it. You can't or should. Yes. Right? You, uh, you, uh, you should be asking for work because it doesn't matter who it is, where it is. Uh, you're getting in the ring, having a match with somebody, getting that experience, right? Yep. And this guy took it to heart. Next show um, was, was booked, had a match, and he's been, he worked for the guy every show since. So <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah. Dude, that's that's awesome. Um, so I got to tell you, buddy, I, I'm enjoying not going through with this whole format thing just because this has been a, a really cool conversation so far. And the funny thing is, is like I know that we're going to have to do another episode like this just because like we have so many stories that we haven't even fucking scratched the surface on. Yet. I know. Um, but I got to I, I do want to start wrapping this up just because uh, time wise, we're kind of getting into that 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 area. But I, I got to ask you. Um, I end every interview and you're not even getting the rapid fire questions because that's, we're doing part two. We'll get to them <laughs> eventually. Um, yeah. But I have to end every podcast with, um, because I've been doing all the questions uh, asking over here. You know what I mean? So uh, the, again, the reason why I started doing this podcast in the first place was to get to know my friends a little bit better than hopefully, you know, uh, I did going into it harder with you because I've known you for so goddamn long. But uh, again, yeah. I put myself in the position to ask all the questions. So I want to uh, switch roles here. And uh, if you have a question for me, I'm just curious if you have anything that you want to know about me that, uh, that we could talk about. I've, I've got two questions for you. All right. The, the, the first one is, what was the most difficult part for you when you started the training center and, and the promotion? Like, what was the hardest thing for you to be able to get it like up and running to actually have the training center and actually start doing shows. Um, the hardest part for the training was probably just like any business. It was just getting it, uh, getting people, you know, like uh, it, it, just establishing your business because uh, you know, I, I was, I was away for wrestling for so long. So when I came back, like it was a very short time uh, from when I took my mixed martial arts break to coming back to pro wrestling that like I got back, I only did like a show or two before I had to school because it was just kind of presented to me and it was offered to me in that, that time frame. Uh, it certainly wasn't even anything that I had planned. Uh, it was, it, again, it, it was, it was a opportunity that was presented to me by the owner of fear the fighter. Do you remember that? Uh, clothing company I do yeah yeah mixed martial arts brand so like I knew him through uh through working at the adrenaline training center in London so getting the school wasn't hard uh it wasn't hard getting it started but getting like students and getting the word out there was because I had been away for pro wrestling for so long so for people to try to trust my training was a little uh hard at first I, I suppose right. but um trying to get people to remember it's like yo notorious tid is the fucking man 
Like if you're coming, yeah. like I, I get that like the school is kind of centered around like sort of centered around me in a weird way, but like Tid is the guy, like I'm going to be running the training portion of it, but that's like the conditioning and all that stuff. And like, I've got a, I've got a different idea of how I want to train pro wrestling based off of my mixed martial arts background. Right. But, um, and, 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 it, and, it, and it's been a formula that's worked. We, it was just hard getting the people to, uh, to kind of conform to conform. That's a fucking shit word. Uh, but to, uh, <laughs> y- you know what I mean? But like to, to kind of get yeah. used to it, you know? And, and it's something that like, especially with our earlier crew, like Tyler love Tyler Thomas, uh, and Kobe Durst are two guys and, and Holden Albright obviously are three guys that, that stick out huge out of our like first kind of like training class because um, those three, like Tyler Thomas kind of had to stop, but like uh, he got some bad concussions and there's some, some health issues there. He only, he basically only wrestles for crossbody now. Um, but Kobe Durst is like a, a worldwide name right now, you know, like he's yeah. killing it. And like, he came to us with training, like previous training, but you know, we, we certainly helped clean him up and, we spent a lot of time on Kobe Durst and Holden Albright is a guy that we pretty much got our hands on like real early. And, um, you know, Holden is like the, I said, he actually was at the last podcast we did. Like he's the closest thing that I've got to his son because like, uh, we, (laughs) well, we were like when the training class that that he was a part of, like shut down, like I want to say a month afterwards. So like he was kind of like lost trying to find a direction and I was looking for like a student that I could invest in. And he, we just found one another. It was weird. And like, we were just, it, it's funny kind of looking back at it that like we, especially at that point in time in our lives, like we really needed one another for, uh, because like I, I needed that, that student that like I could work on and be like, okay, like this is, this is, this is my system. You know what I mean? Like, this is my beliefs. Like, this is what I can do with, with a human being, like, especially when they put in the work, like, cause like Albright was a fat, chunky Sean, old Sean Morgan when, when he first showed up at, <laughs> at, at crossbody. Uh, so I saw a lot of myself in him, you know, um, once we got like guys, uh, a little bit more established it became a lot easier to bring in students so that was definitely the hardest part for the for the training um and and i'll certainly credit those guys with with being able to kind of open those doors and getting other students to come in as far as the promotion goes the the hardest part of that for sure was because there was already another promotion in, uh, in kitchener that was established and they are a very old school um almost a, almost like an 80s maritime style uh company is the best way i could put it but uh their focus let's and, and let's just say and it's i don't i mean this with no disrespect to them whatsoever but it's not like their focus is on fitness and uh <laughs> and and like and hard work you know so when i wanted to start a company and start a promotion um i knew that again, it was almost like kind of going back to the whole Kenny Omega thing. Like I knew that I, I wanted to, to create like, uh, like, a sh- I don't want to say strong style, but like, I, I've told this story on a previous podcast, but like I was wrestling for that other company and me and somebody else were, we, we went out there with the intentions of having like a real hard, like wrestling match and people were booing it. And they were like, what the fuck is this garbage that you're doing? And I'm like, this is the best That's wrestling. Crazy. 
this is insane to me. Yeah. Like, we, like yeah. we are working our fucking asses off and like we are having like a really solid technical battle and they don't even know what the fuck this is. That stuck with me and that like hurt my heart, you know? So like I knew that when I started my own shit, I'm like, I have to retrain this fucking city to, to, to appreciate this. So uh, it took a while. Um, it, took a, it took definitely like about a half of a year. And uh, the guy that pretty much opened up those doors for us was uh, Speedball Mike Bailey. And he, he's so good. He's been out here a bunch. He's so good. <laughs> yeah, like I, uh, I, I did a podcast with Bailey uh, not too long ago and we told the story already. But like to kind of long story short this, like I met him at a random show in Toronto that, and I had a show the next day. And like I knew who he was. He didn't know who I was. But right. like I asked him, I'm just like, hey, I don't know if you're around, but like I've got the show tomorrow. Like it's, I don't know how much money I can give you, eh, but like if you want to do it, you can do it. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, we we made an arrangement with him and his two students. We figured something out. He wrestled his two students, and it was fucking so sweet. And then I asked him right away. I was like, when can you come back? And like we arranged a date. And then uh, he did a triple threat match with uh, my student Tyler, or with our student Tyler Thomas and uh, Alessandro Del Bruno, who we mentioned previously in and uh, earlier on in the podcast. And that match is the match that will it. it I it, it just it's that match is like my baby um, in a weird way, even though I had absolutely zero to do with it as far as putting it together or, or any of that stuff. And why I say that is because like, I wanted people to view our, our company as again, that one thing that I explained to you and those guys went out there and not only did it, but like made it acceptable. Like they like Bailey fuck like, Holy shit. I don't know if you've ever seen the match, but like it's on our YouTube channel. Uh, and if I'll you, check it out for sure. Yeah. Bro, it's one of those matches where you have to go back and you have to watch it two times. You watch the match yeah. and then you're just blown away. And then you go back and watch it the second time. Watch the audience. It, it's, it's magic in its purest form because that audience had never seen anything like that before in, in like, and it was done so perfectly and so passionately that the audience like that was that was so hell bent against wanting to accept that were just so blown away that they're just like where has this fucking been all of our lives and i'm just like <laughs> we did That's it awesome. like we did it like holy fuck we did it and ever since then like it's it's been like we've, I've, I've been able to create, you know, and like in, in, in the way that I wanted to, to do from day one. And, uh, that, that, that was the hardest part because from that point on, we were able to, to gain traction and, and build an audience. And like, I think that, that, um, it got the word out there for, for the, for fans that like, shit, like this is some place that you want to check out. Cause like, there's, I don't, I don't know what, but something's happening here. And then uh, it became something that the boys could look at. And they were just like, yo, I don't know what the fuck this is, but something's happening here. Right. Right. And, uh, and, and thankfully uh, it, it turned into to what I wanted it to be and more. And, uh, and when I say that, it's like, man, I, I just wanted, the, I, I just wanted to show where our students could learn and get better with uh with with 
with veterans who are good at, at, at working with younger guys and can teach them in the ring. But not only that, but, but, but having good people around and that were the, were like the most important things to me, you know? And, and as long as everybody could put that hard work, good people and being able to work with everybody, you know, um, that was the, that was the goal for me. And to, and, and we've surpassed that man. Like our, I, I'm sure that every company, every promoter, every whoever has the story, they say the same thing. Like, man, like our crew is so tight. Like we're a tight knit family, blah, blah, blah. Like I've, I've been around the game too goddamn long, man. Like I, I know what's real and what's not. And what we yeah, got for sure. in what we got in our little fucking tiny ass gym in Kitchener, Ontario is authentic and it's genuine and it's real. And uh, we've got, we've got leaders of, of, of all age brackets, which is just an insane thing to think about. Like when, uh, to guys like you and me who are like the leaders are supposed to be like the fucking vets, like, but in our locker room, like you've, you've got the notorious TID who to tie this back into Peter, like we, me and Albright, were just talking about this again, last episode, but like Tid to us is like, he's, he's, he's not the father. He's like, he's the godfather. He's like the right. guy that like, <laughs> He's not yeah. the guy you don't you don't worry about pissing Tid off. That is the least of your concern. What you're worried about is upsetting him and making him disappointed. Because then at that point you're just like, oh my God, like I fucked up, man. Like if, if Tid's disappointed in you, or if Tid like gives you that like, yo, you fucked up. I'm telling you, you fucked up. You know? So like we've got him. We've got uh Mark, uh Marcus Custom Ryan who used to work as a custom made man custom made man yeah. who who's who's legit we call him uncle custom now because he's everybody's uncle like he's like the crazy uncle that you go to in life that you're just like man i needed i need life advice but at the same time like i might need to go and drink beer and be stupid with somebody like can you please be all of these people <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know like that's uncle yeah. custom um but then you've got other guys that maybe you wouldn't expect Holden Albright is the fucking leader of that locker room. And, and like he is, and he leads by example, you know, like he is yeah. the hardest, he's the hardest working guy on that fucking squad, man. Like he shows up, he's the first one to show up. He's the last one to leave. He's the guy that if anybody ever needs advice, like he's always there. Like he, if anybody needs advice for wrestling life, like whatever, like Holden's just there for everybody. And he's become like everybody in the locker room's big brother. and again, as one of our students, it's like the most proudest fucking thing that you can like have. It's like, you've, you've got this guy that you've taught everything that you've, or not everything, but like as much as you could possibly cram into one human being information wise for what they're capable of computing, you have put into their system and they're taking all of that. And they're not only using it to become a better wrestler, but a better human being and a leader right. for people. And they're, they're taking that and they're leading by like, again, leading by example. It's just uh, a long winded answer, but like, <clears throat> God damn. Uh, I, I, I get it though. It's you're, you're right. It's all that hard work yeah. really just turned into just like everything that I could have possibly dreamed of and more, you know, that's awesome. But that's what hard work does, man. You, you fucking continue to work hard. And at, at some point in time, like it eventually will pay off. Like there's this, there's this 
meme that I, I saw that got me through a really hard time one time. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's like a two different levels. There's like this guy who it, it's like they're digging bricks uh, with like a pickaxe. And then there's like this one guy and he's just like, Oh man, like I'm, I'm going to walk away cause I'm just digging too much. And he's literally like a, 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 a this this far away from hitting like the the money that's on the other side of the bricks and then there's this young guy up top and he's just like i don't know what's there but i'm just gonna keep fucking digging (laughs) because this is what i'm supposed to do and like that stuck with me and that was the reason why things ended up happening for me because i took that mentality once i saw that and like applied it and it was you know like that led me to to getting extra work with wwe it led me to doing producing work with uh with impact and just all these other different things and opened all these different doors and it was just a mentality, you know? Um, but it's, 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 it's having, having those people around and having, uh, again, like having that locker room and having those, those everybody like just hardworking, like-minded people, uh, around you is, is the most important thing that I could possibly stress to any young talent that's getting into this business right now, because, uh, one thing that I can vouch for from experience is that the best wrestlers don't necessarily make the best human beings. And, uh, (laughs) boy, are you right? (laughs) when When it comes to, to learning the game, you might think I need to go learn from this best wrestler. And, what ends up happening is, is that you find out very quickly uh, it's a lot different than what you envisioned it because that person isn't what you expected them to be. Right. And that's super disappointing when that happens. I always heard the thing like, don't, don't meet your heroes. I've been very lucky with almost everybody I met has been super nice, but then there's like the odd person that's not. And you're like, Oh, but I really like that person. <laughs> it's hard, man. Like they say, don't meet your heroes, but like, it's, it's, it's weird. Like I, to some of that degree is true, but like, uh, you know, uh, to kind of like quick story, this just cause I, I, again, I know I've already told it, but like my hero was Chris Jericho, you know, always has been, always will be like, I mean, Hulk, I was a Hulk Hogan guy, but like I, I skipped my, my first day of school the day before I train uh, my first day of wrestling training to go meet Chris Jericho. Cause I knew that they were at SmackDown <laughs> in Toronto. And I yeah. went down there with the sole purpose of, of meeting Chris Jericho uh, because I knew where the, they were driving into the building and long story, again, long story short, I saw everybody drive through stone cold, big show. You fucking name it. They went through, didn't see Jericho. I was about to give up, walk away. Next thing I know, as I'm walking away, me and Chris Jericho run into each other walking as we turn the corner into one another. And I was just like, whoa, holy shit, like Chris Jericho. And he's just like, yeah, what's up, man? And I'm like, I've been waiting hours just to literally ask you a question if I was able to. He's like, well, I'm right in front of you, man. What do you want to know? And I was like, oh, oh, fuck. (laughs) I'm like, well, I'm about to start. I'm like, I'm about to start my wrestling training tomorrow. Like what if, and like, you're like one of the biggest reasons why I'm doing this. Like what advice would you give me? And his advice to me was 
and, and it was crazy how quickly he came up with this too. And, and, and how sincere it was. Cause like he looked me dead in the eye when he said this and he's just like, don't ever let anybody tell you that you can't make it. I'm just a fucking, I'm just a kid from Winnipeg. And, and a lot of people told me that I can't make it. And here you are trying to meet me. You know what I mean? Like, I'm yeah. not, don't, so don't That's let awesome. anybody tell you that you can't do this because yeah. you can, because if I can do it, you can do it. And don't ever forget that. That's awesome. And oddly, uh, clearly it stuck with me, you know, because yeah. uh, it might've took a while to, for it to sink in, but I mean, that's that's advice that I would give to to anybody right now, you know. That that's awesome, man. That that's fantastic. I thought you were gonna go another direction. I thought you were gonna say you was a prick or something when when uh, you were saying don't don't meet your heroes. But that's fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah, like that's that's the thing is like I mean like I've I've got actually you know what I really don't I don't have too many stories of like people that I admired where I was just like ah oh, fuck that guy like uh, I feel like thankfully I've I've admired the right people. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I don't have very many, but I, I have a couple, not even people that I've, I have admired, but people that are like, oh, sweet, this guy's coming in. He'll be cool to meet. And then he ends up like being a dick. Like I have a, yeah. I have a, I have a really good story that we can tell on the next podcast if you want that I haven't told on, I don't think I may have like mentioned it online or something, but I've never told the entire story on like a video or a podcast. Um, it, it's pretty funny now, but at, at, at the time it, it was pretty ridiculous, but, uh, so we can save that one for part two, but, okay. uh, I will, I, I will take I you up have, on that because it, it's a very long story. <laughs> uh, but my second question okay. is more of a request <laughs> than a question. Tell All everybody right. the Dairy Queen story. <laughs> <laughs> so when, uh, <laughs> So as we discussed, I had moved down to Nova Scotia uh, when I was younger for a couple months. I was living down there with Jerry Martell and his and his uh, lovely wife Wendy, and um, New Scott and I became real tight. Like he was my boy down there. I didn't really know too many other people, especially because he lived down the street. I was really bummed out once the real action wrestling thing happened because I was like, holy shit, I'm about to make a living off of wrestling. And then it didn't happen. So I was like, I need to find a job. So I was looking, I was, I, I took any shit job that I could possibly get my hands on. And then one of those jobs was, uh, I got hired at Dairy Queen in, in uh, Halifax or Dartmouth. I don't even fucking remember at this point. Um, so I start working there and, uh, I want everybody to remember that I'm like a 16, 17 year old kid. Okay. I'm stupid. I'm fat. I have no game. I've, I don't, I, I don't deal with human beings. I'm, I'm, I'm not good at life. Okay. Uh, this lovely young woman decided that she wanted to, uh, to take some interest in, uh, in your boy, big Ben. And I'm like nervous as shit, right? And I'm just like, okay, like I, I, I gotta, I don't know what to do because like she invited me to her apartment after work one day, and I'm just like, fuck. So I think I even called Do Scott, and I'm like, I don't know what to do, blah blah blah. blah. And he's just like, he's like, dude, just be yourself, be caught, like just chill, like be fine. For a while. Yeah, like he was really, he was, he was really trying to trying to coach me through this one. Uh, because again, like I was not, like I was, I was never, I'm, just, I'm never a ladies man. So 
he's trying to coach me through it. I go to her, this girl's apartment. And again, like when we were at work, like she seemed like a really nice young lady. Okay. <laughs> so uh, we go for like, we, I, I go to her apartment. We're hanging out. We go for a walk. Uh, like we, we go to some bench and I think I even asked, I was just like, am I supposed to kiss you right now? Like, because I was that stupid and I didn't even know, like, I think I, I'm pretty sure, like I even asked. And then she was just like, she just w- was really nice about it at first. And then all of a sudden I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, cool. No problem. And the next thing I know, I think she just randomly kissed me and I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't expect that. And then she stopped kissing me and then she shoved me and then proceeded to yell at, I think me herself and about 30 other people that I had no clue who were even there. And it was the fucking scariest goddamn moment in my entire fucking life up to that point. So I'm like, we didn't, there wasn't like texting at this point. Like there was like, because texting on the cell phones when I had them back in the day with New Scott would have been like H E. Like there's no discrete texting. It didn't exist. So I had to like get through this. And I didn't drive, like I didn't have a vehicle. I I I I don't even remember how the fuck I got out of it. But I just was like, okay, I gotta take this girl back to her apartment. I gotta like politely get out of here and then I got to figure out what the fuck I'm going to do with my next life because that job ain't happening anymore. Uh, (laughs) So I get to her apartment. Hey, thank you so much. Like this has been a lot of fun. Really appreciate this. And then the same thing, she just kisses me. And then I'm like, are you okay? Shoves me like fucking boom. And then like, what the and like it was the most insane thing and like i and to this day like i'm still trying to figure out what that might be because like i mean thankfully like when you get older you have like perspective and stuff like that right and uh but like we're both teenagers and i I still i just remember that happening and then i think if i remember correctly i'm actually i think this is what happened I called you because I couldn't get a hold of Jerry Martell. And I think I even called you and I'm like, I need you to pick me up and I need you to save me. (laughs) And I think that you actually did. I think you came and picked me up from the girl's apartment. Yeah, that's what it was. You picked me up and saved me. And then, because I think even on the phone, I'm like, Hey, I need you to come get me. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'll meet you. I think I even like, I'll meet you at like a Sobeys or something like that or whatever. And I'm like, just please, you have to do this. And then you came and picked me up and you're like, what are you, why? And I'm like, I'll tell you when you get here. And then that car ride, <laughs> I was explaining what happened to you. And I have never seen a man laugh at my shortcomings so goddamn much <laughs> as you did at that point in time. Because fuck, that was the scariest thing I'd ever been a part of at that point in time in my life. It's <laughs> a great story. Oh, my <laughs> Lord that that was a, a time in my life that uh was was it was a bit of a rough go new scott <laughs> and i was there for every step of it you've been there for every goddamn step of it it's crazy like i mean uh yeah. you and maybe my buddy brady have literally been there for like the entire thing you know what i mean and have seen the the growth from yeah. that to, to whatever You're it is i am now completely different human being man completely different it's, it's incredible it's so nice to see 
Well, I'm definitely doing my best. And, uh, and it's cool that the people that, uh, that I looked up to and that I always wanted to make proud when I was younger are people that I'm still like in contact with to this day and that I get to yeah. like, be friends with. And that I'm, you know, um, the one thing I'll, I think I'll always be a little bit bummed about though, is that as, as silly as this sounds like the, the people that I've got respect from, uh, from like, you know, like that class, I guess you could say is I've got, I think I, I, I earned the respect as a man. I still mm -hmm. don't think to this day I ever earned the respect in the ring. And that's something that, that bothers me to this day because I never really got to go back out and show what I could do and like show okay. my, my growth and like, and, and even get out there and work with a lot of those guys. Right. So, uh, still time, There's still time. There is still time. Like I'm going to, I I've kind of put a, a, a bit of a time clock on myself where I'm giving myself like a, about another year like once we come back before i uh start to just completely focus on promoting and and uh producing shows full time because i i certainly don't think that my avenue for producing is going to take me to where it was uh, at one point but uh it's something that i just really enjoy doing and something that i, I love so i certainly want to provide more time or spend more time doing that but uh, i also want to get out there and do the things that i just feel that I've always needed to do. And, uh, hopefully it'll bring me back out there, you know, even if it's for, for a show, for a weekend, for a week, uh, whatever, you know, but like, that's definitely bucket list is I want to get back out there and like, I want to not just wrestle in front of you, but like, I want to get in there in the ring with like the Mike Hughes and the, and the Peter Smiths and, and show them like, yo, like not only can I go, but like, go ahead and test me. Cause I'll fucking, I'll, I'll, I'll go you right back. You know what I mean? Like I'm, yeah. I'm I've grown up and, and I want to show yeah. that to them, you know, and to you yeah. as well. Cause, yeah. cause we'll, footage, footage we'll, can only do so much. We'll get you back out here at some point for sure. Well, I appreciate that. And hopefully that becomes a thing. Now, um, I do want to start wrapping this up. Uh, now to wrap this up, everybody, you can find the show on uh, Twitter and Instagram at big Ben AF podcast, uh, as well as on Facebook under big Ben and friends podcast. But one thing I have to stress to everybody right now, because uh, I've seen my, uh, my, my messenger is, kind of loaded at this point i'm not on facebook right now like yes my facebook is active but i'm essentially as off facebook as you could possibly be without being off facebook uh, it's not even on my phone i've got messenger on my phone and it's literally active so that way i can do this and um, i'll be on facebook to share uh this kind of stuff and and crossbody related stuff uh because just sometimes you need a break from that kind of jazz and i'm and i i do right now and uh it's been helping tremendously but Please go and support all those pot, uh, the, those pages. Uh, you can find us on YouTube by searching the show name, uh, Big Ben and Friends Podcast, because uh, we don't have enough subscribers yet to have an actual channel name. So if you could go subscribe, that would be lovely. Um, I, you need 100. I think we're only at 65 at the moment. And uh, it's kind of a okay. rib right now. It's a rib right now, buddy. Like if you actually search Big Ben and Friends Podcast, uh, the, the bar says Big Ben and No Friends. So I'm trying to uh, – <laughs> Yeah. So I'm trying to avoid that little kick in the balls every time that you go and search it. So uh, if you could subscribe, that would be great. Uh, you can also find the audio version of this show on Anchor, uh, which nobody ever uses. But thankfully, they distribute my show to Spotify and iTunes for me. So then that way you can uh, search on those platforms and pretty much every other platform that you can find uh, the show. Uh, you can find me personally on all my social medias at Big Ben is Angry on uh, Twitter and on Instagram, at least at the moment. Because again, not using my Facebook, so 
Don't even bother. Uh, you can find uh, Crossbody Pro Wrestling and the Crossbody Pro Wrestling Academy socials all in the same place at CBPW Academy. Uh, there's no sense in having multiple stuff for that. We all do it off the same one. Uh, you can subscribe to uh, the CBPW YouTube page where there is a ton of amazing content, such as the triple threat match that we were talking about earlier uh, and every single showcase show that we've ever produced. Uh, www.youtube.com slash Crossbody Pro Wrestling Academy, all one word. Uh, you can also find us on independentwrestling.tv. Uh, all of our latest shows, full shows with commentary, the whole shebang. You, and uh, you can use the code Crossbody to get five free days. I couldn't recommend going to watch those shows enough. There are some amazing shows. The Family Feud 4 show, which was our last one that we did, is by far the best show that we've ever produced. Go out of your way to watch it. Uh, and last but not least, you can support CBPW and all of our amazing wrestlers and our staff by heading to prowrestlingtees.com slash crossbodyprowrestling, where all of the proceeds of these shirt sales get split between the wrestler and our incredibly hardworking production staff. Uh, we also have uh, the shirts that we are keeping on there, uh, the Black Lives Matter shirts that we have, the Madman Fulton shirt that we have produced, just insane shirt that we have produced as well as the crossbody pro wrestling logo shirts and the showcase series shows 100% of those proceeds uh, are going to black lives matter.ca. It's a uh, something that we started for last month where we donated 100% of our proceeds, which ended up being $260. Um, but we are going to continue to, uh, to donate the proceeds from those shirt sales to that cause on a monthly basis, which is a cause that our uh, black athletes on our roster have gotten together and decided that that's where they wanted to allocate those funds. So we want to, to help and support in the proper way, you know? So uh, you can find new Scott on everything, social media at new Scott. Uh, you can find him at newscott.com. You can find him at any maritime wrestling show that's ever been produced ever. Um, <laughs> I don't even know. Are you any final comments, brother? No, that's it. Everything of mine is at New Scott, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, and the only other thing is your YouTube page. It's newscott.com. Perfect. <laughs> and the only other thing is Pro Wrestling Unleashed is facebook.com slash Pro Wrestling Unleashed. That's and that is the your company. We started up. Yeah, we started it up this year, had a bunch of shows planned, and the world ended. But once, uh, once, once we get back, we have we actually had a meeting last week. I can't say a lot about it, but we had a meeting last week, and we have something really, really big planned. If things keep going with the way social, the way uh, the, the world's reopening, if things keep going in this direction, we have something very, very exciting planned. It'll be a. It's me. It's, it's, it's me. It's it will be a first. For wrestling in Nova Scotia, probably Atlanta, Canada. That's fucking great, man. I hope that happens yeah. for you because you are a hardworking son of a bitch and you deserve all of the fucking good things. You deserve all the cookies. Uh, you deserve every fucking good thing that happened to you, brother. Um, I can't wait to do this again. Honestly, like I can't wait to, uh, to have a second episode. I think we're probably at two hours here. Couldn't care less because we could do this for so much longer. But uh, thank you very much for being uh, a guest on episode eight. Uh, I really appreciate you doing this. Go check out New Scott on all of his socials. Go follow him. Go follow his uh, and, and subscribe to his YouTube channel. Uh, I can't thank you, everybody, enough for tuning in this week uh, to this week's episode. Um, we will be having episode nine uh, dropping here shortly after this, hopefully. And uh, we will see you all again then. So thank you very much, everybody.
thank you very much. And I can't wait for part two. Hell yeah, man. Thanks again, brother. Have a good one. Thank you.